and come on my bed. If you're downstairs watching telly, you can hear it over your telly. So that puts you off going to bed. At night when everyone goes to sleep, I was scared that they'd get out and touch my children. Now, disadvantaged young women will be given support to raise their first child through a scheme called the Family Nurse Partnership. The government's extending the one-to-one help to another 5,000. That takes the total to 16,000 by 2015. Midwives carry out visits during the pregnancy, which continue until the child is two. Councils in England have warned the government its plans to remove control of the adoption system from some authorities would be a reckless gamble. Ministers have criticised a number of councils for their failure to find homes quickly enough for children waiting to be adopted. A suggestion is for different parts of the country to work together in order to match children with adoptive parents. The twin sister of a woman who's gone missing in Buckinghamshire believes recent events has caused her to run away. 32-year-old Penny Meesey from Oakley hasn't been seen for more than a week now. Her sister Katie, who lives in Watford, says she's been struggling with not having custody of her children. I'm very concerned and very, very worried about her. She isn't in a good state mentally or, or, or physically. I'm not sure how she's eating, where she's sleeping. You know, there's so much concern there, so much worry for me and my family. We just want her home and safe. And researchers in Japan claim to have found a link between male baldness on the crown of the head and heart disease. The British Heart Foundation described the findings as interesting but says the connection wasn't as strong as with risk factors such as smoking and obesity. In sport then, Jermaine Defoe will miss Tottenham's Europa League quarter-final first tie against Basel tonight. He has a muscular injury and is likely to be out of the return leg as well next week. Weather then, frosty to start with, a little bit on the old uh, car windows, becoming a little bit brighter at day on though temperatures reaching pretty much the same as yesterday 6 degrees celsius there's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio first for news thank you serena do blokes worry about going bald anymore i know in the 70s and 80s serena they're mentioning baldness connection between baldness and possibly heart disease Men don't worry about going bald anymore, do they? I, I know that it's, it's like we, we mentioned wigs and things a while ago. It's slightly different for women, but men, men don't care anymore, surely. I mean, disappointing, you go, oh, no, I'm going bald. But then that's it. You just deal with it, don't you? I, this is coming from a gentleman who has a, a, a full, thick head of hair that will never disappear, however much I try. It's greying. I like the greying distinguished. Then we're going to go bald. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up this morning, including the story you heard in the news there. A man in Luton has been crushed by a falling tree. It's believed it was a tragic accident. We'll have the latest developments on that story. All rats, dirty, dirty rats. People living in part of Milton Keynes are angry that nothing is being done to stop them getting into their houses. And the problem dates back five years. Have you had a problem with rats? I've been very lucky. The worst I've had are mice. Which, that was horrible enough, but the, the, the thought of hearing rats scratching around when you're in your bed, no, thank you. And also, I say this every morning, if there's a story you think we should be talking about, do get in touch. That's exactly what Lee Hutchings from Disability Watford did. He sent me an email and we're talking about it later on in the show. He's angry that disabled drivers could have to pay to park at Hertfordshire hospitals. He'll be joining me in about 20 minutes' time to explain why. If you want to get in touch, lots of ways. Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. 
you can send me an email, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. Or, this is the preferred method of contact between six and nine every weekday morning, the telephone, remember that? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's believed the death of a pensioner crushed by a falling tree in Luton yesterday was a tragic accident. The incident happened in a wooded area between Sundon Park and Marsh Farm at around 12.45. Bedfordshire police say the 73-year-old man, who's not been named, was trying to cut down the tree when it fell on him. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Our reporter, Tony Fisher, was there. I'm in, uh, in Leegrave Park, in between Sundon Park Road and Marsh Farm, in a little area called Rossum Bossom or Rossum Corner, source of, the, source of the River Lee. What's happened? I'm looking at a scene. Basically, the, the, the police have been and gone. Ambulance crews have been and gone. The council who, who run and manage the park, they've been here. I did speak to some of the, their staff here, um, but they've been and gone as well. Um, I came into the park, big park, Leegrave Park, open fields, playing fields over there. I was alerted to the sound of a chainsaw. Came, came to this area in what they call Rossum Bossum. Um, there's a tree, big, big beech tree, lying on the ground. You can see where it's been shorn off from its, uh, from its, from its trunk, which is standing there still upright about 10 metres. Um, now, the officers I spoke to said that that tree's been down for a while. And as we understand it, uh, the, the 73-year-old gentleman was chopping wood chopping branches of this tree uh, for, for chopping wood. And sadly, tragically, the, the, the tree has rolled on top of him or fallen on him. We don't know the exact details. Uh, and and he's, he subsequently died. We don't know who he is yet. The, 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 when, when an inquest is opened, the coroner will, will reveal his details and his identity. Um, but uh, all I can say is that there is some chopping wood nearby, that little twigs and... and that but we're looking at a scene in a park lovely sunny afternoon a, a tree fallen down if you came here now you wouldn't know any different um but i only came here and i just saw the men as i say from the from the council from the parks chopping the tree just chainsawing it a little bit further just to make it safe as it were and just to make it even though it's now lying on the ground just to make it safe so that if anyone else came along and wanted to play on it i mean there are children around it's holidays if anyone was to play on it or indeed choose to try and chop more wood it, it, it is in theory now safe well that was our reporter tony fisher speaking to bbc three counties radio yesterday live from the scene later on in this show we'll be speaking to colette mckeveney from age uk luton borough council have issued this statement uh, the council was alerted at around 1 50 p.m this afternoon yesterday obviously by bedfordshire police to an incident in leegrave park in which a 73 year old man died while apparently cutting and collecting firewood as is the case with all serious incidents and accidents on its land and premises the council has begun an investigation for referral to the health and safety executive the council's parks are maintained regularly and action taken immediately if any issues are identified following health and safety inspections there have been no issues reported about trees at leegrove park and the area has been reassessed as safe and reopened to the public this afternoon if you want to get in touch with the show this morning, 08459 455 555. Do you suffer with rats? Or maybe you're one of those deviants that keeps them as pets. Oh, shame on you if you are.
said I was a victim of circumstance I still belong Three Counties Radio. Sounding perkier, I imagine, than I feel. I feel very tired this morning. It was a real... I made the mistake of that the alarm goes off at four, and I'm... I'm bangs, turn the alarm off. Up, up. De- deodorant on, I don't wash in the mornings. Uh, sorry, no, don't. Deodorant on, couldn't find that. Uh, clothes on, downstairs, breakfast. Mm, didn't do that today. I lay in bed for ten minutes, just, like, looking at my phone, like, checking Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. And that made the uh, the journey to work hard work. <laughs> I couldn't get up. I just couldn't get up. I was awake. So I'll go d- downstairs in a minute. So I apologise if I sound a little bit flagging, but I think I'm sounding quite perky, maybe too perky. It's all downhill from here. Let's have a quick look at the front pages. Lots of them have got um, the author, uh, Ian Banks, also Ian M. Banks as well. Imagine having a pseudonym. Um, has uh, said that he's only got a few months to live. He's got terminal cancer. Uh, I've only a f- uh, months to live, reveals Ian Banks. Uh, is on the front page of The Times. Um, and pay tax or aid stops, MPs tell Pakistanis. British payments scheduled to hit 446 million. Britain must cancel a huge increase in aid to Pakistan unless the country tackles astonishing levels of tax avoidance among its wealthy elite. Uh, the Daily Telegraph. Uh, life for Jeff, Joss Stone death plotter. The singer Joss, Sp- Joss Stone spoke of her relief last night after two men were convicted of a crazy plot to kidnap, rob and murder her in her Devon. That's not a crazy plot. A crazy plot is the kind of thing you get in Scooby-Doo. That's a crazy plot where the, the janitor pretends to be a ghost to scare the woman out of her inheritance. Threatening to behead a pop singer, that's not a crazy plot, that's mental. 
Cameron, uh, to axe Trident would put us in danger. Prime Minister raises spectre of threat to Britain from nuclear-armed North Korea. Oh, yeah, by the way, you know we're gonna, there's going to be like a nuclear war with North Korea and stuff? I don't want to scare you guys or anything, but um, this posturing is um, getting a little bit overzealous, isn't it? Anybody else worried about that? Should we be worried about that? Every boy of 14 has seen porn, study suggests. That's a news story? Is that a news story? Daily Telegraph. Every boy aged 14 has watched adult pornography. Research by the Children's Watchdog has suggested. Sue Berlowitz, the Deputy Children's Commissioner, said that the scale of access to pornography among children was wo- so widespread it should cause moral panic among parents, schools and the government. When did I first see pornography? But be honest here, I'm trying to think. Magazine-wise? Eight? Um, videographic-wise? 15, 14 or 15. I don't think it's that... It's, it's, it's just accessible in different ways, isn't it? I don't think it's that different. Or is that me being naive? I'm not boasting, by the way. I'm just... Them's the fact. It's like the, the, the Daily Mail is constantly saying, booze, teenagers, booze drinking. That, they did that... I remember doing that 25 years ago. I remember being in a field, drunk, at 15 years old. Again, I'm not proud of it. It's just what happened. More papers to go through in a bit. 08459 455 555... 615. Let's get the travel news with Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Things looking quite good out there so far today. We haven't had any accidents reported yet. So if you're going for one of the motorways across the Three Counties, they're all running well. Got a little bit of traffic starting to build in Dunstable, well, just to the north of Dunstable, the A505 junction, the A505 and the A5, looking a little bit slow according to the speed sensors, but nothing too strange for the time of day. People start to hit the road round there. Uh, roadworks not really causing any delays yet either. We have got some works in Denham along the A412. Temporary traffic lights near to Tile House Lane while they do some electricity work through to the end of this month. And on the trains, it's looking pretty good on the departure boards with no incidents and no delays. We've got one cancellation though from Watford Junction. The 6.30 through to Euston has been cancelled because a member of the train crew is unavailable. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Morning, it's 6.16. It's Thursday, the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's believed the death of a pensioner crushed by a falling tree in Luton was a tragic accident. People in Bletchley say not enough's being done to stop rats getting into their homes. And in sport, Jermaine Defoe will miss Tottenham's Europa League quarter-final against Basel tonight. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Frosty to start, although becoming a little brighter later on. Occasional light wintry showers on the way. Maximum temperature is 6 degrees. Coming up... Charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination, according to one disability campaigner. We'll hear from him before 6.30. What do you think? We've kind of nudged this story before a few months ago. I'm I'm keen to get your thoughts. Do you think that holders of blue badges should be entitled to free parking in hospitals? Or do you think, well, hang on a second, you want equality? Hey, like the rest of us. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. On Friday, I'm taking my programme out of the studio and I'll be broadcasting live from Lily. Nick Coffer. I'll be trying out some rare meats from a local farm. Figuring out how to...
how to play bridge properly and I'm going to have a go at playing lacrosse on the green. Nick Coffer. There'll also be local musicians, local authors and lots of local stories. Nick Coffer. Live from Lily, Friday from 12. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is a great way to start the morning, isn't it? A little bit of Frankie. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there where the air is rarefied, we'll just fly starry eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you. Cause we're together Weather-wise It's such a lovely day Just say the words And we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect For a flying honeymoon They say Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so near You may hear angels cheer Cause we're together Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day You just say the words and we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect for a flying honeymoon They say, come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Pack up, let's fly away See? Bit of class first thing in them. We'll have a bit more Frank, a bit of Dean. Maybe we'll, we'll get a bit of Sammy Davis. I like that. That's nice, isn't it? And also, he makes um, <clears throat> the words Acapulco into two words. Acapulco. Well done, you, Frank. Now, if you've got a story, I keep saying this, and I don't think you believe me. Well, some of you do. If you've got a story you think we should be covering on this programme, get in touch. 
You can email me directly, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. In, in fact, quite a few of you have been in touch, and it's exactly what the next man I'm about to speak to did. Charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to dim- discrimination, according to one disability campaigner. Lee Hutchings from Disability Watford says if proposals by West Hart's NHS Trust gets the go-ahead, people who have terminal illnesses might have to pay £4 a time for hospital visits. Well, a consultation looking into hospital parking in Watford, Hemel, Hempstead and St Albans ends today. Lee's on the line now. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. Lee, why should blue badge holders park for free at hospitals? Can I just say, uh, I'm chairman of Disability Watford, so I'm not an individual campaigner, and we've been working with St Albans Access Group and a few other access groups dealing with disability. So it's our members what are really upset. Fantastic, it, thank you. It personally doesn't affect me too much, because I'm, I'm visually impaired, so I can use public transport. Um, your earlier mark, e- remark has in equality, why should we pay for it? Um, unfortunately, public transport isn't accessible to everybody, and blue badge holders will include those with, say, emphysema, cancer victims, so those with terminal illnesses. So it's not just people with, uh, in a wheelchair, what most people think are blue badge holders. So, I mean, you can't exactly take an oxygen um, bottle on a bus. You can't really get on and off of buses properly these days um, with heavy equipment, wheelchairs and that. So some people are actually forced to use their own cars to go to hospital. The hospital's been consulting about this, Lee. H- how do you think that's going? Um, well, as I said in my email to you, I was hoping the real email was please could you promote the link and the phone number for people to fill in the survey, um, which ends tomorrow. Well, we'll uh, give that a plug at the end, Lee, so people have got time to but, go get a pen and paper. The, um, apparently they've had over 2,000 responses, um, not all negative, some um, are for the charging, but uh, when you're out and about talking to councillors, you know, mayors and MPs, etc., nobody's really for it. I mean, we were told how much it could generate tomorrow. Uh, sorry, we were at a meeting yesterday and we were told how much it could generate. And for the bad feeling around um, the community and the goodwill that we'll need for um, redevelopment of the different hospitals, mm. I mean, you've got to take in, they've got to take into account is it worth the bad feeling. And how much extra money... Would it generate if, if they charged everybody to park in the hospital, including well, blue-badge holders? Well, twenty to 50,000. That was the figure we were told yesterday. A year? A year. It's also looking into free transport, isn't it, to and from the hospitals. If this was scrapped, what effect would that have? Um, I, I don't think it'll affect that many disabled people, as in a lot of that free transport isn't accessible. I mean, I was on one of those minibuses, and it seemed to be mainly staff. And, you know, the vans didn't have um, tailgate lifts for anybody who was ambulant disabled or anything like that. So, you know, if you were, say, visually impaired, maybe you could have used it. But anybody who was ambulant disabled or with a wheelchair, Zimmer frame or anything like that couldn't have used it. You've explained, Lee, why um, uh, uh, the, the parking in hospitals is so important for, for people who have various disabilities. Yeah. 
Why should it be be free? Because there, there will be some people listening to this, patients or, oh, yeah, or, or yeah. their families who go to hospital who don't have blue badges, who argue might argue that they struggle to afford parking too. Why do you think that blue badge holders should get it for free? Well, as I said before, I think a lot of people have got the option of walking to hospital. Like, as I said to myself, I can walk to Watford General. It's a 20-minute walk. I, I can do that with the use of a guide dog and you know most people could walk well so, some people it might be too far away from them well but you know you've got buses what are accessible to most people those in wheelchairs or walking frames or even zimmer frames it's a problem even though the new buses are meant to be accessible they're still a long way off it's not just the buses it's the bus stops and you know we've been promoting a campaign for audio visual on buses so people know where they are I mean you get off a bus Let's say what for general, it's not even signposted to, to the hospital. Lee, if people want to get involved in this this uh, uh, campaign, how can they? Um, well, as you said, you're going to promote the details of the actual survey, well, but um, that's what I'm asking for now. What, is there a website people can go to? Um, I'll, I'll put it in that link here, and I can send it to you again. But I did put in the email to you the link and the phone number. Okay, well we'll put that up on our Facebook page, but, Lee. Um, you know, you can always contact um, Disability Watford Office. We're on the phone, but two four five nine double four Watford Code. Lee, listen, thank you very much for that. That's Lee Hutchings, who got in touch via the email. We'll put the uh, the link for that up on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Well, uh, Chief Executive of West Hertfordshire Hospital NHS Trust, Samantha Jones, says, we want to find out if there are better ways to manage our current hospital transport and car parking facilities, and I believe that asking people for their views is the best way we can do that. Car parking and transport are clearly emotive subjects, and there are no easy answers. Well, what do you think? Oh eight four five four double five five double five the hospitals trust will join me on the show in about an hour's time should disabled people have to pay for parking at hospitals oh eight four five nine four double five five double five need to laugh and when the sun is out I've got something I can laugh about I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine We take a walk The sun is shining down Burns my feet as they touch the ground Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Then we lie Beneath the shady tree I love her and she's loving me She feels good She knows she's looking fine I'm so proud to know that she is mine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine sunshine. 
a good song. Such a good song. Man, I'm listening to Revolver by the Beatles later on today. What a record. Far superior to the dull and lifeless Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. 08459 455 555. Should blue badge holders and disabled people be entitled to free parking in hospitals? 08459 455 555. Here's the travel news now with Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And thankfully things still looking pretty good. We've had no accidents reported and you'll find the major routes moving nicely. If you are driving toward Fenny Stratford, the A5, there's still roadworks at the Little Chef roundabout. And it'll be affecting the A4146 around there as well. Basically they're going to be adding traffic lights to that roundabout over the course of these roadworks and it can get a bit slow. In Bedford, St John Street, there are works on the A6. Those are taking place near to the London Road Junction. On the trains, no reported problems or delays. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.30. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. An investigation has been launched following the death of a man who was killed at a Luton Park yesterday. Elsewhere, people in Bletchley say not enough's being done to stop rats getting into their homes. Disadvantaged young women will be given support in order to raise their first child. It's through a scheme called the Family Nurse Partnership. And councils in England have warned the government that its plans to remove control of the adoption system from some authorities would be a reckless gamble. That's the latest news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So taking a look at last night's results in the Champions League quarter-final first legs. Real Madrid beat Galatasaray 3-0. Malaga and Borussia Dortmund battled out a goalless draw. Looking ahead to tonight then, Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur are all in Europa League action. Spurs play Basel at White Hart Lane, while Newcastle are away in Portugal at Benfica. Chelsea face Ruben Kassan at Stamford Bridge with manager Rafael Benitez hoping to build on their recent FA Cup win. To play against United uh, two games and then uh, doing so well, I'm quite pleased. I don't need uh, more credit than just the uh, players, the staff and people around happy. And I think that, the, as you say, the fans or someone says, said before, the fans uh, was really pleased. So everybody wants to win every single game, the fans, the manager, the staff. So I am quite happy with that. Away from football and the three-day Grand National Festival at Aintree gets underway. It's the first test of the week for the course's newly modified big fences in the Fox Hunters Chase. Officials made the changes after the deaths of two horses in each of the last two runnings of last year's competition. Finally, the disgraced former cyclist Lance Armstrong is set to return to competitive sport this weekend. He'll become a swimmer at a Masters Championships in America. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Rats are horrible. They are horrible. Some, there are some deviants out there, maybe you're one of them, that keeps them as pets. No, 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 no. That's not good. Well, people living in part of Milton Keynes are angry that nothing is being done to stop them getting into their houses. And the problem dates back five years. Well, reporter Jessica Cooper has been to meet the residents and we'll hear her report in the next few minutes or so. If you're plagued by rats, 
plagued is perhaps a slight exaggeration. Either there's one or two. 08459 455 555. You often get them, don't you, when um, there's building work either in your house or in your area, because wherever they are underground, it, it startles them and they move and try and find somewhere more peaceful. And it's awful, isn't it? I've, um, I remember staying in, uh, in a cottage somewhere and there were rats. Well, there was something in the, in the roof. And you're in bed at night and you just hear that. You hear that? <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. 08459 455 555. Have you had rats? How did you deal with them? What's the best way? I mean, you can only club so many, uh, many over the head with a bit of wood, can't you? Before you get arm ache. Disgusting things. Are they like mice in that they can collapse their spine? That's how mice get through really tiny holes and floorboards. They collapse their spine. Disgusting. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Hey, baby. You go your way. And I'll go mine. But in the meantime, when we're together, touching each other, and our bodies do what we
Ever had a problem with rats? How did you get rid of them? Keen to know. 08459. Four double five, five double five. Well, people in Bletchley say not enough's being done to stop rats getting into their houses. A problem that dates back five years. Labour councillors in the area say rats are a recurring issue in Angus Drive. Michelle Clark hasn't been sleeping because she can hear rats scratching under her bed at night. Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been there to find out more. I'm stood opposite three properties in Angus Drive in Bletchley, and everybody living in these houses is facing the same problem and that's a problem with rats they're increasingly hearing these rats inside their homes and they believe they're coming from a, a storm drain a kind of wasteland area that is behind the properties and um, let's go and speak to michelle who lives in one of the houses michelle we've come upstairs to your bedroom which is where you sleep with your little girl at night and this is where you've been hearing the problem of rats yes um really quite loud so they're that loud i couldn't go to bed for over a week I slept downstairs because I was scared that they'd get through the floor and come on my bed. We're stood just next to your bed here. Where where would you hear the rats? Explain it for me. Literally underneath my bed where my husband's side and it's literally right underneath and you can hear it scratching. And if you're downstairs watching telly, you can hear it over your telly. So that puts you off going to bed. At night when everyone goes to sleep, I was scared that they'd get out and touch my children. I haven't actually seen one, but you just don't like to hear them. You don't want to live with them. Mm. And when you hear them, does it sound like there are a few? What what does it sound like? I say two or three, and they sound huge. Because <laughs> one day I come back from nursery and I thought someone was in my house. It was that loud. I thought I had someone in the house. It, I worked out it was the rat. What have you been doing to try and improve the problem? Have you been getting any help? Yeah, it took me ages to get food to the Milton Keynes Council because I couldn't find a number or anything. I had to get really upset with my health visitor and the MP to help me get one of the pest controls. So I only got one pest control for the council. Um, he's been putting food in the loft, which has been helping. But in the end, I had to get my brother and my husband to pull out the floorboard to fill the hole in ourselves, what we shouldn't have had to do. And since I've done that, I haven't really heard them. Where do you think the, the rats are coming from? How do you think they're getting in? The sewers behind us, there's loads of water grass hasn't been touched and it's just open land it's that should be sorted out really it's dangerous what kind of impact is it having on your life i'm really scared of rats so um i've been really upset over it all i haven't been sleeping i'm on depression tablets now i go to the doctors they've put me on tablets over it all what would you like to see change um more help from the council definitely because only one pest control to get hold of and i didn't know i could have him um and sort out the sewage behind us it's disgusting my name's Yvonne Clark and I've lived here 39 years. The first time we noticed was about five years ago and then they were sorted out then they just come back again just recently. But as I say, I've not had any physical evidence of seeing them but my son and granddaughter heard them scratching in the loft. This problem, you say, tends to come back around every few years yeah, or they, something. Yeah, five years. Last time we had a... a right, it was... Um, five year ago and how did it get sorted that time they had a, a council chat for the council to get rid of it i wish i'd get rid of them completely to be honest with you but as i say with the ditch over there i mean they come in anyway so mm. 
through the sewers under the houses. There's nothing we can do about it. They come and treat them, and that's just all they can do, really. Well, that's reporter Jessica Cooper speaking to residents in Angus Drive. Anglian Water said while they are responsible for the covered parts of this drainage system, maintenance of the open ditch and the surrounding land is the responsibility of Milton Keynes Council. Well, the council will be joining us on the show in about an hour's time. If you've dealt with rats, is there anything you can do? You see those big kind of chunky rat traps that they run in and do they work? It's awful, isn't it, when you're outside, you know, in a little outside dining area at a restaurant or something and you look down and there's a rat trap. Oh, horrible. How did you get rid of your rats? 08459 455 555. We're playing some very joyous music this morning. Mama Cass, it's getting better. Once I believed that when love came to me Mama casting at the moment. She's fantastic. Reading a cracking book about her. You can't get her solo albums anywhere. First two solo albums, you can't get them anywhere. Oh, hey, let's not release those on compact disc, huh? Let's not release those things that are over 40 years old on compact disc because people might want to hear them again. Mama Cass, it's getting better. 08459 455 555. Two things, I guess, that uh, we're discussing that you can call in about at the moment. Rats. If you've got a problem with rats, how bad is it? And have you... How did you deal with them? How did you get rid of them? 
And also, should blue badge holders be entitled to free parking in hospitals? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Right, 645. Here's the travel news now with Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And things still looking quite good on the roads across the Three Counties. The M25's moving well. Got the roadworks, but they're not causing disruption at present. 50 mile an hour restriction from Junction 23 at the A1M to 25 for the A10 at Enfield in both directions. Along the A1M, passing Stevenage and Letchworth, it's looking quite clear. And no issues on the M1. That on camera is looking very good with no problems or delays. Similar picture for the trains, really. If you're heading for the station right now, no issues to report and everything's running pretty much completely on timetable. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, it's nearly 6.46. It's Thursday, the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation has been launched following the death of a man who was killed at a Luton Park. Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the rat problem in Bletchley, but locals say it's not enough. In sport, Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham are all in the Europa League action tonight football. Coming up, charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That's according to a disability campaigner. Well, reporter Justin Dealey has been looking into the story. We'll catch up with him before seven. But now, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you cleared your throat, Elizabeth? Uh, yeah. We, we may have just picked that up. I, I apologise. <laughs> sorry. sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I've got a real froggy in it this morning. Oh, really? Ha- have a big cough. Yeah. Go on. N- no. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to hear Let- We don't. Let's, get, let's have the weather, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's not long to go, Ian. I'm sure you can't wait till Saturday, can you? And things will start to feel a little bit better as the winds die down. But for today, it's going to be cloudy and it's going to be cold as well. We may even see a few light wintry flurries around at times. It is certainly possible, particularly over parts of Hertfordshire, I would say, um, through this morning and then gradually easing off this afternoon. So I think an improving picture this afternoon, but uh, don't be too surprised to see something white fall out of the sky this morning and certainly don't be alarmed either there's going to be nothing significant from this and I think gradually it will turn to sleet and even even a little bit of drizzle and rain around actually um, but very cloudy today very cold we've still got the northeasterly wind it's still making it feel as if it's below freezing although in theory the temperatures will be between around three and possibly even five degrees Celsius later on in Luton in Welland Garden City and in Berkhamstead as well that's just 41 in Fahrenheit so as we head through into the sea evening and overnight staying cold we've still got the still got the northeasterly there will be a few clear spells where the cloud does thin and break then we're going to see temperatures dip below freezing otherwise probably hovering just above and then for tomorrow some good spells of brightness and some sunshine around actually so things are going to start to feel a little bit better and the temperatures will rise nicely in the sun up to seven or eight degrees celsius i think quite widely tomorrow that's 46 in fahrenheit the only problem is a bit of a downer we still got that northeasterly breeze but mm. that's going to go on saturday so it will start to feel a bit more spring like yeah nice one thanks elizabeth on saturday there's a specially extended three county sport we've got three live games all kicking off at three o'clock curler by bowditch nk dons versus crawley stevenage away to portsmouth and it's tucked into the net and it's and Luton's trip to Gateshead. Andre Gray to give Luton hope and give Luton a lifeline.
10 at 5.20. Live commentary on Watford at home to Cardiff. Deeney with the shot. Deeney finds the corner. Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? West Hertfordshire Hospitals NHS Trust is looking at charging disabled drivers. A consultation looking into hospital parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans ends today. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been out and about looking at this story. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. I mean, the, the, the parking charges we're talking about here are high anyway. I've got some figures here. How much do you think it costs to park for three hours at either St Albans, Hemel or Watford? Three hours parking. 
and you can't have one or two hours. It has to be three. You, you're three. parking for three hours. It's, it's, it's four quid, isn't it? Four pounds, yep. up to five hours, six pounds, wow. and all day, 12 pounds. I mean, maybe this is a question you can put to somebody later on, but why is it when you go to a hospital, it's not per 30 minutes per hour, it's always up to three hours? It is pricey, and if you're doing it as a one-off, uh, you can get away with it. If you've got someone who's in hospital and is ill, and you're, you're visiting, to the, visiting them every day, it, that becomes an expensive journey, doesn't it? It does. They do do concession permits, though. So uh, these include long-term users. So if you're going twice a week for a period in excess of four weeks, that'll cost you £24 a month. So still very pricey. But the question is, should blue badge holders be forced to pay for parking? I've been talking to people at St Albans Hospital, and this is what they had to say. It's a stupid piece of legislation that somebody has got into. I can understand the shortages of money, but this hospital's making a fortune out of these car parks. I'm here for an hour and it's cost me £4. Well, Ingrid, you do have a blue badge. You parked here at the hospital in St Albans. How would you feel if you had to pay for that like everybody else here? I think it would be very disappointing uh, going by the number of times that we have to go to the hospital. And £4 is a lot of money. We're not usually there for four hours. So I think it's that they're overcharging in that respect as well. But yes, it, having been registered disabled since the mid-80s, um, I, find, I find it quite a shock that they're even considering it. I mean, you're saying it's a shock. Some of our listeners would say, well, why shouldn't you pay, like everybody else over that side of the car park? Uh, why shouldn't you pay? I think the point you should be asking is, why are they imposing it? Mm. Hospitals have never done that before. But why shouldn't you pay, though? Because we need to go quite often. Well, Marilyn, you've just parked up here at St Albans Hospital. It's going to cost you £4. Do you think disabled people should also be paying £4? Possibly a reduced fee, but paying something. No, I think they should be able to park free. They have enough to cope with in life with the disability, so let's do all we can to help them. What about yourself, though? Don't you have enough to cope with? You're here today. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can walk. I'm mobile. So while I am, that's good. I'm happy to, for others to be helped who need the help. Elaine, you're about to go to that ticket machine. It's going to cost you £4. First of all, is that too expensive for you? Yes, it is, especially as it's so far out from the town centre. It's nowhere near any businesses or anything like that, so it shouldn't be as much as that anyway. Okay, so you've got to pay £4. Should disabled people also be paying £4? Definitely not, no. It's not not necessary. Well, disabled people, they have to park close to the facilities. Mm. If they're disabled, they're more likely to need the hospital facilities anyway, so why do they have to pay to use the hospital facilities? They can still have the bays there very near to the hospital. They'd just be paying for them, but you think that's wrong? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to, like I say, they're going to need those facilities a lot more often than regular people, generally, so they shouldn't have to pay. Justin, 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 I can see both sides of this mm. argument. First of all, I, I, you know, I'm old-fashioned. I don't think you should have to pay to park in hospitals. I don't think anyone should have to. I can understand why they do it. I, I don't morally think it's, it's, it's correct. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I can see both sides of this argument on blue badge holders, whether they should should pay or not. There are some blue badge holders who um, uh, are, are unable to work. Not all of them, of course, yeah. but there are some. And with their disability living allowance being changed to these pips. And and also there's the thing, if you're in a wheelchair, that getting out of the car into the wheelchair, going over to the parking meter, getting the ticket, coming back, it, uh, you know. Well, well, that person I spoke to yesterday who was a blue badge holder wasn't in a wheelchair. Yep. And again, disability, what is disability? So many things mean 
disability these days. Yep. You know, the idea of somebody in a wheelchair, so much more to it these days. Again, a bit like you, Ian, I can definitely see both sides of this, but, but that lady there who is a blue badge holder saying, well, I'm shocked they're even thinking about this. It's been around for so, so long. We think we deserve to have that. But, of course, another lady saying, well, well yes, I think they should pay, but, but not maybe the full price of, of £4 for up to three hours. So, again, some interesting views, but most people I spoke to yesterday said to me, no, this is wrong, this shouldn't happen. The consultation ends today. Of course, a decision in the foreseeable future. Most people I spoke to said, no, it's wrong, this shouldn't go ahead. Well, let's throw this out to you, dear listener. What do you think? Should blue badge holders, and, and Justin's right to clear that up, being a blue badge holder doesn't necessarily mean you're in a wheelchair, should they be forced to pay 08459 455 555 Justin whereabouts are you off to next I'm going to be in Lucent this morning doing whatever you want me to that that could mean bringing you a sandwich back a coffee back uh, well, I'm is... in Lucent so what whatever you want me to do well, you've 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 got it let's okay let's uh, let's see <laughs> how quickly right here's your challenge this morning oh, yeah, Justin go on, then, go how on. quickly can you get me a latte and a fried egg sandwich oh. it's 6:57 let's see if you can do it by 7:15 shall we I, I shall m- maybe make a call to my contacts and uh, get back to you on that Justin, one Justin speak to you very soon. It's an exciting challenge here on BBC Three Counties Radio. How quickly can one of our top reporters bring me breakfast in the studio? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's an interesting one. I can see both sides of the argument. My mum is a blue badge holder, although she's lost her blue badge. Nice one, mum. Where are we going to park when I take you to the theatre in London on Saturday to see Matilda? Huh? We'll have to pl- pay. We'll have to pay. You think £4 for three hours in a hospital is expenses? expensive? Man, you park in central London that's going to be 25 quid I can see both sides of the argument I really can 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call should blue badge holders be forced to pay for their parking if you go to the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR you can have your say on there as well or you can give me a call 08459 455 555 here's the travel news now Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. The M25 anti-clockwise, pretty slow from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 16 at the M40. It's also a bit slow anti-clockwise approaching the roadworks. Junction 25 at Enfield's looking quite busy. If you're on the M40, only bit right now that's looking slow on the cameras is as you come toward the end of the motorway, toward the A40, around Junction 1, passing Uxbridge. The A the A1 at the moment in Edgware started to slow up southbound between the Watford Bypass at Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. On the cameras around there, it's all starting to look quite busy. There are some roadworks on the A41 at the moment. You'll find some temporary traffic lights near to Creighton Road in Westcott, but they're not really causing any slowdowns. And on the trains... Well, it's looking pretty good. We've still got no incidents to report and almost everything running completely on timetable. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Well, coming up, as well as discussing disabled parking in hospitals, rats! We're talking rats! If you've got a rat problem, how did you deal with it? We'll discuss that and more after the news with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning. The headlines. Man dies in Luton after tree falls on him. Blue badge holders charged to park at Hertfordshire hospitals. And bowel cancer patients face an uncertain future. BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation has been launched following the death of a man who was killed at a Luton park yesterday. It's thought a tree he was cutting fell onto him, causing fatal injuries. Lee Agnew has the details. The emergency services were called to a wooded area of Leegrave Park at about half past twelve yesterday lunchtime. It's understood the 73-year-old man was cutting up a fallen tree when the trunk fell onto him. Bedfordshire police say his death is not being treated as suspicious and his family have been informed. An inquest into his death will now take place. And Ian Lee will be speaking to Colette McEveney from Age UK about how much monitoring such people are receiving in the community. All that here on BBC Three Counties Radio immediately after this bulletin. So people in Bletchley say not enough's being done to stop rats from getting into their homes. Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the problem on Angus Drive, but Michelle Clark, who can hear rats scratching under her bed at night, says more needs to be done. One day I come back from nursery and I thought someone's in my house. I worked out it was the rat. They're that loud I couldn't go to bed for over a week. I slept downstairs because I was scared that they'd get through the floor and come on my bed. If you're downstairs watching telly, you can hear it over your telly, so that puts you off going to bed. At night when everyone goes to sleep, I was scared that they'd get out and touch my children. Next, and charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That from disability campaigner Lee Hutchings. He says if plans by West Hearts NHS Trust are passed, people who have terminal illnesses may have to pay up to £4. Well, a consultation looking into hospital parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans ends today. But Lee from Disability Watford says public transport isn't always accessible to everyone. Blue badge holders will include those with, say, emphysema, cancer, victims so those with terminal illnesses so it's not just people with in a wheelchair what most people think are blue badge holders can't exactly take an oxygen bottle on a bus you can't really get on and off of buses properly these days um, with heavy equipment wheelchairs and that some people are actually forced to use their own cars Disadvantaged young women will be given support to raise their first child through a scheme called the Family Nurse Partnership. The government's extending the one-to-one help to help another 5,000. Midwives already carry out visits during the pregnancy, which continues until the child's two. Now, there's a warning that thousands of bowel cancer patients face an uncertain future because the fund which pays for their medicines is due to close in less than a year. The Cancer Drugs Fund provides an additional £200 million a year for expensive treatments, but the charity beating bowel cancer says there's growing concern about what will replace it. Sport then, a Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham are all in Europa League action tonight, and the weather is staying dry, although we could see some wintry showers on the way. Temperatures of 6 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Serena? Yeah? Did Justin leave any biscuits up there? Yeah, he had quite a few though, actually. He pigged out a bit. Really? Well, he did say, he says, I'm looking trim. I don't want to spoil it because he's been working hard, apparently, on his old figure. Mm. And uh, But he said he needed some sugar or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you. Peckish this morning. I'm a little bit peckish this morning. I had shreddies. I know I had shreddies for the first time in like 30 years. My boy made two bird's nests yesterday. I say bird's nests. He collected um, the mown lawn, the cut grass from the compost heap, some catkins from a tree. I think they're called catkins. And put them in um, a plastic Tupperware box and then covered, filled up the rest of the Tupperware box with shreddies. 
and then left it outside for the birds. And as we as we left, he put the lid on, so I don't know how I'm going to get in there. And as we left to go in, he went, "Good night, birds. There are two nests for you. I hope you like them." Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It sounds sickly horrible when it's someone else's child, when it's your own. Very cute. Very cute. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including a man in Luton has been crushed by a falling tree. It's believed it was a tragic accident. Well, I'll have all the latest developments on that story for you. Rats. They're horrible people living in part of Milton Keynes are angry that nothing's being done to stop them getting into their houses. And the problem dates back five years. Well, I'll be speaking to Milton Keynes Council to find out what they can do to tackle the problem. And should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals. Hertfordshire hospitals are looking at whether to charge disabled people. 08459 455555 or go to the Facebook page. It's already getting feisty on the Facebook page about this blue badge story. Go and argue with each other. Play nice. Don't be rude about each other. Don't use bad language either or it gets blocked. But um, do go and have a little feisty argument. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR BBC Three Counties Radio Now, a very sad story. It's believed the death of a pensioner crushed by a falling tree in Luton yesterday was a tragic accident. The incident happened in a wooded area between Sundon Park Road and Marsh Farm at around 12.45. Bedfordshire police say the 73-year-old man, who's not been named, was trying to cut down the tree when it fell on him. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Age concerned were uh, sorry. Age concerned were concerned about his behaviour. Colette McEveney is from Age Concern Luton. She joins me now. Morning, Colette. Good morning. This uh, a very distressing case. The man's not been named publicly, but you you were aware of him. Is that correct? We were. I mean, um, we're, we're absolutely devastated that this has happened. It's just so so sad and so awful for his family and for his neighbours and next of kin. And I think for anyone involved with any elderly people. Um, it, it doesn't matter that they're older. Their deaths, when they come, particularly in these types of circumstances, are shocking and leave people upset and, and worrying. And, you know, have they done enough? Mm. Why? Were you in regular contact with this? Obviously, don't give away too much, of course, but were, were no, you in regular no, contact I, I, with this gentleman? Not not personally. No. But, um, but, but he's known to us. Um, generally speaking, uh People in communities um, worry about the neighbours. Mm. People in Sandon Park and in Marsh Farm particularly um, are actually very neighbourly. They're very neighbourly areas. And people do want to necessarily um, look out for people, but they don't always want to get involved. So sometimes what happens is that we'll get telephone calls. People will say, I'm worried about my elderly neighbour. Or, you know, a postman will ring up and say, you know, I've been delivering post and they never seem to clear it away and I'm worried about these people or whatever. Mm. So, so we'll get, if you like, tip-offs in the community about people who are concerned. And um, it's obviously quite difficult and quite subtle, but you, you'll approach that person and say, you know, you know how, are you, how are you doing? How are you coping? Um, what can we do to help you? And people can be receptive and not receptive. Um, I mean, for example, at the moment, lots of concerns have been coming in about elderly people who've been going out um, in, in, in poor weather, you know, when it's snow up to the rears or going up ladders to clear gutters in snowy weather or, or in the case of this gentleman, um, concerns have been raised about um, him going out and about uh, to collect wood in, you know, very, very difficult and cold circumstances. Do we know why he was, he may have been out collecting wood? Collect? Was, it, was it to heat his home? We believe that's what his intention was. Mm. 
It is very sad, isn't it? It, it, it? It's interesting that you say that people kind of send you um, little anonymous tip-offs. How do you react to when you get a phone call saying, Look, I, think, I think the fella at number 72, I think he's, you know, maybe having a few problems. What do you do? Do, do, you, do you go round there and knock on the door? How, how do you do it without, without appearing overbearing and nosy, I guess? Yeah, exactly, and that's that's a difficult thing. And I mean, you know, it is really difficult. I mean, initially with referrals, we'll pick it up and we'll listen to it, and we'll say, you know, okay, why are you concerned? What are you concerned? And it might be that what they're concerned about um, is something that really needs an immediate reaction. Now, and I'm thinking of during snowy weather, some neighbours rang, and they're very concerned. They hadn't seen an elderly person over the door for about five days. Um, usually they would have seen her out and about. Now if it happened, she was perfectly warm and sensible inside, but they were right to be concerned. And they'd felt a bit silly about ringing social services and they didn't know, and they didn't know her well enough to go and knock on the door. And, you know, they, they, they felt awkward. So in that particular instance, um, you know, we, we knew a bit more than they did because we know an awful lot of people in this community. Mm. And so, you know, we, we knew um, things about this lady's network and we could check it. And, uh, you know, often it's about it's about how, I mean, I can't think of lots of details about how we go and check, but we do have ways of checking quite right. often about a lot of people, um, you know, without actually invading someone's privacy. Sometimes, yes, it is as blunt as going down and knocking a door and checking if somebody's all right. But often um, it'll be more subtle than that. If we assume this gentleman was collecting uh, uh, firewood, uh, I, I guess it would be a, a logical assumption that perhaps he was he was struggling with his energy bills. Are, are you hearing from a lot of elderly people or, or friends and relatives of elderly people who are struggling to afford their energy well, bills at the moment? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think not just elderly people. We're hearing this from people, um, you know, our own staff. I mean, I think people have been generally. Um, really struggling, but some elderly people do feel the cold particularly more, or they're anxious about it. They're worried about, you know, um, if if the snow lasts to July, that might sound illogical, but you know, I think I think a lot of people are worried about things that um, may never happen, and so they do try to sort of, you know, take a little bit of care. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm thinking of one elderly person I know who's stockpiled tins of food that they don't even particularly like, but because they're really worried, they mm. won't be able to get out in the future. Now, obviously, everybody needs a bit of a store cupboard, but you probably don't need 48 tins of baked beans, you know. Well, you um, never know, you never know, Colette. <laughs> I could find a use for that. Definitely. I mean, we, we've mentioned this on the show uh, before, and we've spoken before about this, and you, we have heard stories of, of people in beds, uh, hearts and bucks, and in Luton, uh, in particular, uh, who have to make the decision each morning, do I get up and have some food, uh, and turn the heating off, or do I stay in bed and, and have a little bit of heating today? People are making these decisions, aren't they? People are desperately um, worried about the decisions that they're making as well. I think it's the unpredictability of the you know economic uh, climate as well. People are absolutely anxious. And, you know, they may have enough money at the moment, but they're worried they won't have enough money next month. So, yes, they are making those decisions. However, you know, we would urge anyone who's got problems at you know, in the three counties, you've either got a local age concern or a local age UK. These guys want to help. They know about the benefits. They understand about budgeting. They understand about insulating your home. There's lots of things we can do to help. What can They're you What can you practically do, Colette? What, if, if, if an elderly gentleman who's maybe a little bit confused turns up and says, I'm, I need help, what, what can age concern practically do to, to, to improve his life? Okay, there's a ton of different things. For example, um, what we could do is we can be looking at budgeting, we can be looking at finance, we can look at the um, way his home is, you know, whether it needs insulation, we can look at whether it's adequately heated, whether we can come up with a way to keep him warm more easily. 
Um, we could be looking at his general health and, for example, arrange for a checkup medically. Uh, it might well be that um, he's cold for a reason or he's worried for a reason. And, you know, obviously that's a bit above our level in terms of, you know, getting the type of help he might need. But it might be that, you know, he needs extra assistance from outside people to help him make the most of his health and his circumstances. Colette, nice to talk to you. It's a shame it's about such a sad story. Thank you very much. Colette McKeveney from Age Concern Luton. They're talking... Um, well, there are problems with the elderly, but uh, this comes from this very sad story about a 73-year-old gentleman uh, who was uh, crushed by a falling tree in Luton yesterday. Right, let's have a quick look at the rest of the front pages. We did uh, a few of them this morning. The Independent, Britain's biggest unions, put weight behind plan for general strike. Plans for the first general strike in modern British history have been backed by the country's two biggest unions. Um, and Philpot lawyers, they were good parents. <laughs> Excuse me, What? Mick and Mairead Philpott will be sentenced today after their lawyers claimed in court they were good parents who gave their children a happy and secure life up until the blaze in which they died. Oh, in that case, oh, no, they would get good parents up until that bit when they killed them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Mick and Mairead Philpott, good parents until they killed their children. Incredible. You do wonder how some solicitors sleep at night. You do wonder, I, I um, kind of had a, a, an acquaintance that was a solicitor, and I said, how do you defend people that you know are scum? He says, well, you know, every, everybody's entitled to a fair trial. I said, well, yeah, they are. But if you know that they're guilty of a, of a really horrible crime, how can you defend them? And he didn't really have a convincing argument. Didn't really have a convincing argument. The couple and another man, Paul Mosley, were convicted on six counts of manslaughter on Tuesday after starting the fatal fire. Philpott's counsel said he was a very good father, while Mairead Philpott's barrister said she had been an extremely good mother but would forever now be known as a child killer. Uh, yeah. these, pe- these, these, these barristers have stood up in court and said this. You do you wonder... It was argued that neither parent had been able properly to mourn their children, whom they'd intended to rescue in the plot to frame Philpott's lover. I, I, I'm scratching my head at that. Yeah, you know, whatever sentence they got, yes, they will have the, the, the weight of what they did on their conscience for the rest of their lives. But, yeah, you do think, is that really enough, you know? Just stand up in court and say, oh, they're good parents. I'm until that bit when they burnt their house down and killed their children. Uh, the Guardian, very quickly. Secrets of the rich who hide cash offshore. Emails show how fortunes have been hidden in British territory. Millions of internal records have leaked from Britain's offshore financial industry, exposing for the first time the identities of thousands of holders of anonymous wealth from around the world. Oh, my God, I hope my name's not been in this. It won't be. Uh, Ian Banks, the author. I am officially very poorly. I like Ian Banks' books. I went through a little Ian Banks thing recently. With a lot of writers, including Banks, I find the endings always a little bit disappointing. I don't know if you've ever read an Ian Banks story. They're, they're good. They're good, they're good, they're good. And then the same with Stephen King. The last 20 pages, you go, oh, oh no. I, I, I like the journey up until the last 20 books. But very, very sad about Ian Banks. He's uh, revealed he's got... Uh, Cancer and um, very sad. Uh, also, North Korea is real and clear danger, warns US. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to war. I don't know if you knew about that. Did you hear about that? We're going to go to war with North Korea. That'll be fine. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 715. Travel News, Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts,
Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm looking at the rail departure boards right now, so it's good news for you. If you're travelling by train this morning across the Three Counties, whether you're going to London or elsewhere, everything's running to time. Roads are looking pretty good as well. Cameras aren't showing anything strange. M40's moving well. M25 looking slow in a couple of places. Anti-clockwise, it's pretty busy at Junction 25, the A10 at Enfield. And it's also slow anti-clockwise from Junction 17 at Mabel Cross to 16 at the M40. If you're driving toward London on the A1, southbound, it's slow in Edgware between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thanks very much. Morning 7.16, Thursday the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation has been launched following the death of a man who was killed at a Luton Park. A campaigner says charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire is discrimination. In sport, Jermaine Defoe will miss Tottenham's Europa League quarter-final against Basel tonight. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, frosty to start, although becoming a little brighter later on. Occasional light wintry showers on the way. Maximum temperature, 6 degrees. Coming up, should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? Well, Hertfordshire hospitals are looking into whether to charge disabled people. We'll get your views on this before 708 459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. The JVS Show. With the biggest questions. Today on the big phone-in, I'm asking, would you support some dog breeds being removed from this country? Should traffic wardens be more lenient? Would the government be right to drop the minimum price for alcohol? And the biggest opinions. I think the tax is completely unfair. It doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are. They're still your children. It doesn't matter whether it's male or female or what. I'm disgusted with the people that... You should have cut them people off. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. On BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 four double five five double five. Charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. It's according to a disability campaigner. Lee Hutchings from Disability Watford says if proposals by West Hart's NHS Trust get the go-ahead, people who have terminal illnesses might have to start paying for hospital parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans. You've explained, Lee, why the parking in hospitals is so important for, for people who have various disabilities. Yeah. Why should it be be free? Because there, there will be some people listening to this, patients or, oh, yeah, or yeah. their families who go to hospital who don't have blue badges, who argue might argue that they struggle to afford parking too. Why do you think that blue badge holders should get it for free? Well, as I said before, I think a lot of people have got the option of walking to hospital. Like, as I said to myself, I can walk to Watford General. It's a 20-minute walk. I can do that with the use of a guide dog and you know most people could walk well some people it might be too far away from them well but you know you've got buses what are accessible to most people those in wheelchairs or walking frames or even zimmer frames it's a problem even though the new buses are meant to be accessible they're still a long way off it's not just the buses it's the bus stops and you know we've been promoting a campaign for audio visual on buses so people know where they are I mean you get off a bus Let's say what for general, it's not even signposted to the hospital. Well, a consultation into this and hospital transportation ends today. Louise Gaffney is Director of Strategy and Infrastructure for West Hearts Hospital NHS Trust and joins me now. Morning, Louise. Morning, hi. Louise, why are you considering charging disabled people to park? 
Well, we're just reviewing all of our transport and parking charging policies, uh, and we're looking to see what's the best way uh, to actually, um, are there better ways to manage our transport and, and parking facilities? And we've only got limited resources, and we've got to cover the costs um, that are that, 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 that are there that um, we use to pay for those. And obviously, if we don't have the funds in to cover the costs um, from the resources we get in from charging, then we have to find other ways of funding those services. So, what would the ser- sorry, what would the services be that are being funded by if you were to charge disabled people? Where would that money go? Well, it would go to funding the car parking um, services. So, there's lighting, there's road resurfacing, um, there's policing and enforcing the parking regulations that are there. Those sort of things to cover those costs because we don't cover those costs at the moment. So, 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 how much? What's the shortfall? Um, there's, a, it, it, there's a range of the way that we get the money into it, so therefore there's a difference. We publish our annual accounts every year, um, so depending on what we've had to spend out, there's different ranges of shortfalls every year. So, for example, last year there was about um, there was at least 100,000. You wouldn't be making anything near that, would you, from, from charging disabled people? Was it about fifteen, twenty thousand pounds £20,000 a year? Uh, something like that. It ranges, obviously, depends on the use of spaces and everything, but, I mean, every little counts, really, because we're looking at all different services. You know, we're not, we're not looking at um, just car parking in this. We're looking at different ways into what, making the services more efficient at the hospital. It's interesting you use the phrase, every little counts, because there would be people uh, who are losing their disability li- living allowance, being moved onto PIPs, and, and, and blue badge holders, who would agree with you that every little counts. And then being forced to pay to come to hospital... Uh, might seem a little unfair to them. Well, I think this is why, this is the very reason why we're conducting the listening exercise to ensure that we are listening to people's views about different ways of um, managing this situation. Because it's a very complex complex situation and car parking, charging and transport is always very emotive. And I think it's one of the first listening exercises that's been done, uh, certainly locally. And we have had over... 2,600 responses online um, to the listening exercise and hundreds of responses uh, with paper copies that we've been actively promoting across the hospital. Um, So obviously we're going to look at all of those responses that have been made, see what people are saying and listen to their ideas about how to do things differently. And how many of those responses uh, are in favour of charging blue badge holders? To be honest, I haven't um, analysed them yet because obviously the the, um, the listening exercise doesn't finish until tomorrow. Um, And so after those results are in, um, and we're looking at all the responses that we've had. We'll see what people, have, people are saying, suggestions that people are making. There are obviously different options that we've put forward. Um, what are those options? Well, there's d- different, different charging regimes that we put forward, and also asking questions just about the principles of how we might charge or what people think about certain things, so that we can get a range of ideas from people about what people think about um, whether certain groups of people should pay, whether, to, whether there should be concessions. The hospital does have a range of concessions already mm. um, for different um, groups of people. So if you are somebody that comes to hospital on a regular basis, you do have a, redu- a reduced rate of pay. Um, and if you're a carer, you have a reduced rate of pay. Is and there, in your, your, your list of options that you, you've put out to people in this listening uh, project, is there an option where blue badge holders don't have to pay? Yes, there is. Supposing everybody comes back and says, no, we don't think blue badge holders should have to pay. Would you listen to that? Would you, would you act on that? Uh, well, we will have to look at that. We have to cover the costs of the running the, the, um, running the car park so and no. everything, but absolutely, we do have to listen to that. So and, if, every, if everyone said, uh, or, or if, if the majority of people said, no, we, we don't think you should charge blue badge holders, you, you wouldn't charge them? 
One of the options is that, to say that we wouldn't have to charge people because there are then there are different ways... And if of, everyone uh, said that on your survey, you, you wouldn't charge them? Uh, well, we, we would have to look at that. I can't, I can't preempt the outcome that my right. board are going to, are going to make. Well, it seems and odd. I think it would be wrong of me no, to no, say no, that. No, 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 of course. It, it, seems, but it seems odd, though, that you're, you're, you're sending out this thing called a listening project, I think you said, but if everyone says don't charge blue badge holders, you won't listen to that. So that seems a little odd, doesn't it? Not, not at all. What I'm saying is we absolutely would have to listen to that and that would be an overwhelming response from people. And what I'm saying is I can't on the radio say today no. that this would be the decision of, of the board, of but the board absolutely have to listen to that in terms of, and that would be an overwhelming response um, and, and we would absolutely have to listen to that. We're going to publish the results um, that people have said so people will see that. It's a very open and transparent exercise. We're not trying to hide anything, which is why we've gone out for a major listening exercise that's been promoted throughout the county. When do those um, results get published? They'll get published in May. Lovely. Well, we'll certainly be having a look at those. There are some people that might argue, uh, Louise, that um, that no one should pay in hospitals to, to park. Why, why do hospitals charge? Well, if hospitals didn't charge, we would have to find the money from somewhere else to be able to cover the cost because we don't get money in specifically to cover the costs of car parking. There are lots of hospitals that don't have any car parks um, and therefore people don't pay. Um, there are uh, different ranges of ch- charges across the country and there are different ways of paying. Um, I mean, our staff actually pay a percentage of their salary to come and um, park at the, at the hospital, um, you know, which is a different way of charging people and there is no ceiling on that. So you pay according to your, according to your salary. Uh, you know, if, we had, if I could start from a blank piece of paper, then we'd have m- very different transport arrangements. And certainly for the future plans for the hospital, there's a new road coming in, there'll be a new car park, uh, so there'll be new facilities, and obviously the new Coxley Rail Rink will be coming through, so therefore there'll be different ways of accessing. Mm. And we're working very strongly with the council about the green travel plan and what other arrangements we can do, whether we can do park and rides, and with the bus companies to see if there's any more that can be done um, about accessing the hospital in very, you know, all, all the hospital sites in very different ways with bus, with bus routes. Am I right in thinking that in, in most, the majority of the hospitals you, 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 have to, you, you can't park for an hour or half an hour, you have to park for three hours at four pounds i think it is that's one of the charging regimes at the moment but you can come in and you can do there's lots of drop-off spaces at the hospital and there's also spaces where you can park for 30 minutes for free okay louise listen i appreciate you coming on and maybe we'll speak again in may when those results have been published i'd really welcome that thank you very much louise thank you very much indeed louise gaffney director of strategy and infrastructure for west hearts hospital nhs trust they're in a tough position aren't they the hospital because the money's being cut everywhere and they do have to cover parking charges, the maintenance of the car park, the lights and all of those kind of things, the security. They do have to, to cover those costs. They get about 15, 20 grand a year from charging disabled people. It's not a lot, but every bit helps, doesn't it? What do you think? Should blue badge holders, and, and, and Justin Dilley did pick me up on this earlier on, he was correct to do so, It does. blue badge covers a wide range of things from you know, very severe disabilities to, to, to maybe things that aren't quite so visible. Should blue badge holders have to pay to park in hospitals? 08459 455555. Well, strong feeling on Facebook and not, not quite what I was expecting. Glenn says, of course they should have to pay. 90% of blue badge holders I see look able-bodied as they walk smugly from their car while I still drive round looking for a space. Make them pay the same as me. Lisa, I have to agree with Glenn. Just because you're disabled doesn't mean you're poor. The bigger issue is the cost of parking at hospitals. 
Fee says they always moan they're not treated. They, they always moan. Wow. They always moan they're not treated the same as non-disabled people. So treat them the same as everybody else. Why should they get free parking? Them and us. Amy says, I understand that disabled people might have to make more trips to the hospital and not have much money, but then so might lots of able-bodied people. Personally, I think they charge too much for parking anyway. When I had to drop my other half off at A&E, I had to go looking for parking and think about paying, then couldn't find the department and was panicking he was seriously ill. Not really fair on people in a stressful situation. And Anne-Marie says, either everyone pays or no one pays. A lot of strong feeling. I do worry, if we'd have done this like a year ago, I think that perhaps we would have been a little bit more empathetic, a little bit sympathetic. I do worry that um, uh, in, in times of, of recession and when things are a little bit tight and with the, the, the disabled people are being slightly um, made to look like the bad guys at the moment with all these, you know, this news about disability living allowance and the, the welfare UK and all of these things. It's a little bit that, that um, you know, it's the, the fee using they always moan, them and us. Is that the right attitude to have towards people? With disabilities, my mum's uh, badly disabled, and it would it would upset me terribly to think that that someone would think of her as a, a them, and that she's separate from us. Got friends who've got disabled relatives, and, and uh, uh, them and us. That sits a little bit uncomfortably with me, if I'm completely honest. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news now. Adam Glynn. and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just looking at the speed sensor data and it's mainly all M25 traffic so far this morning. It's a few patches of it. Anti-clockwise is slow from Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey to 25 at Enfield approaching the roadwork stretch which runs from Junction 25 to 23. It's also slow anti-clockwise from Watford at Junction 19 to 18 at Chorleywood for the A404 and then again from Maple Cross at Junction 17 to 16 at the M40. But if you're coming to or heading away from London on the A1M, the M1 or the M40, your journey should be all right because right now they're all looking quite clear. Trains are looking good as well with no delays at present on those departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning with the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. An investigation's been launched following the death of a man who was killed at Luton Park yesterday. Elsewhere, Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the rat problem in Bletchley, but locals there say it's not enough. Charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That from Disability Watford campaigner who says public transport isn't always accessible to everyone. And there's a warning that thousands of bowel cancer patients face an uncertain future. It's all because the fund which pays for their medicine is due to close in less than a year. That's the latest news. Now let's turn to the sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at last night's results then in the Champions League quarter-final first legs, Real Madrid beat Galatasaray 3-0. Malaga and Borussia Dortmund battled out a goalless draw. Looking ahead to tonight then, Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur are all in Europa League action. Spurs play Basel at White Hart Lane, while Newcastle are away in Portugal at Benfica. Chelsea face Ruben Kazan at Stamford Bridge. Manager Rafael Benitez is hoping to build on their recent FA Cup win. To play against United, uh, two games and then uh, doing so well, I'm quite pleased. I don't need uh, more credit than just uh, players, staff and people around happy. And I think that, uh, as you say, the fans or someone says, 
said before, the fans uh, was really pleased. So everybody wants to win every single game, the fans, the manager, the staff. So I am quite happy with that. Moving away from football and the three-day Grand National Festival at Aintree gets underway today. It's the first test of the week for the course's newly modified big fences in the Fox Hunters Chase. Officials made the changes after the deaths of two horses in each of the last two runnings of last year's competition. And finally, the disgraced former cyclist Lance Armstrong is set to return to competitive sport this weekend, this time as a swimmer at a Masters Championships in America. BBC Three Counties Radio, there's more from me at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Rats and baldness. I know, oh I know, that's, that's kept you listening isn't it? You're about to get out of the car and go to work. No, don't, stay in the car. Rats and baldness are on their way. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Have you ever had a problem with rats? How did you get rid of them? I think this is the thing we want to pursue this morning. What did you do? Go around with a baseball bat? Get those weird plastic boxes that you see in people's gardens. I always have a sneaky peek in those plastic boxes. I've yet, I've never seen a rat in one. I've never seen a dead rat in one. Well, people in Bletchley say not enough is being done to stop rats getting into their houses, a problem that dates back five years. For the last month, Michelle Clark, who lives in Angus Drive, has been hearing them on and off, scratching in her home. One day I come back from nursery and I thought someone was in my house. I worked out it was the rat. They're that loud I couldn't go to bed for over a week. I slept downstairs because I was scared that they'd get through the floor and come on my bed. If you're downstairs watching telly, you can hear it over your telly. So that puts you off going to bed. At night when everyone goes to sleep, I was scared that they'd get out and touch my children. It took me ages to get food to the Milton Keynes Council because I couldn't find a number or anything. I had to get really upset with my health visitor and the MP to help me get one of the pest controls. So I only got one pest control for the council. Um, he's been putting food in the loft, which has been helping. But in the end, I had to get my brother and my husband to pull out the floorboard to fill the hole in ourselves, what we shouldn't have had to do. Well, she told us the rats are coming from the land next to her home. The sewers behind us, there's loads of water, grass, hasn't been touched. And it's just open land. It's, it should be sorted out, really. It's dangerous. Well, we're joined now by Councillor Peter Geary from Milton Keynes Council and Cabinet Member for Communities. Morning, Peter. Morning. Peter, come to you in a second. I want to say hello, first of all, to Labour Councillor for West Bletchley, Nigel Long, who says this is a recurring problem in the three in three properties there and has been going on for years. Nigel, who owns this property? Uh, good morning. The properties, I think, are all owned by the council, but the piece of land that Michelle was referring to is a storm drain, so it's an underground stream that comes out into the open, and that piece of land is owned by the housing department, but supposed to be managed by Anglian Water. And this is the hub of the problem. Anglian Water have not cleaned it up, have not spent any time there, have not spent any money there. And so instead of them getting to grips with the rats problem, the rats problem's got worse over recent years. Well, Anglian Water say that they're responsible for the covered parts of the drainage system, and maintenance of the open ditch in the surrounding land is the responsibility of Milton Keynes Council. Right, well, that's interesting. That, that suggests that we're not being told the correct thing by Milton Keynes Council. I think the two big organisations, Milton Keynes Council and Anglian Water, should sort this out. 
I mean, I don't really care who sorts it out, but I just think it's so wrong that residents nearby have got a rats problem, especially when we've known about it for years and complained about it for years. Local councils have complained about it. The parish councils complained about it. There needs to be some action to clean that area up and deal with the rats. Well, let's speak to Councillor Peter Geary from Milton Keynes Council. Peter, are you going to clear it up? Well, I agree that something needs to be done. I mean, I, th- I think, first of all, we need to understand where rat problems come from and also understand what goes on. If they're living in people's houses, rats live in the nest and they go out to feed and to drink. So if they're in people's houses, they're either coming in there to feed or they're living in there and going out to feed. Um, the advice that I have had from the officers is that they're not coming from the drain. They're obviously there. There's rats around. Um, there's some rubbish around that I think is being cleared away. But the most important thing is, Nigel Long talks about this being a long-term issue that he's known about for a long time but we keep a pretty good record now we had records of rats here in 2008 we had records of rats here in 2009 and the next record we had was on uh, 22nd of march this year so if councillor long has known about it for a long time as he just said he has why hasn't he been contacting the pest control team at milton Keynes council it's really important that councillors when they find out about issues they let people know so that issues can be dealt with. Milton Keynes Council always goes out and deals with issues when they've got there. They've got 100% record for going out and dealing with issues when they're told they're there. Have you been out and dealt with this issue, Peter? The, rat, the, the pest control officer has been out a number of times. They put baits down, they found rubbish in the area that they say needs clearing away, and when that's done, that will make a significant difference. Nigel, if you knew about this for a long time, why, why didn't you tell Peter? The issue about the storm drain has been raised over a number of years, but it's also been raised with the Milkins Council by the Parish Council, and it's been discussed at length by the Neighbourhood Action Group. So there's been a lot of discussion over quite a long period of time. It has been consistently raised. The issue has always come down to this one about the council owns the land, angling and water are supposed to manage the area. I think there needs to be real clarity over that, and somebody needs to take responsibility. I almost think the council should take back responsibility for maintaining that area from Anglian Water. I suspect they do it better than Anglian Water. Peter? I'm glad that Nigel feels that the council does a job than some other companies are looking after things because I think that's confidence in the way that we do work. But I come back to the point again. Nigel has known about this problem for a long while. He said okay. he's talked about it a lot of places and they've discussed it. The one place that he failed, and it's his job and his, Mick Legg's job, his colleague, it's their job to contact the pest control team. They have okay. a very uh, uh, ac- uh, accurate log of when they were contacted. Okay, well, Peter, let's... He or nobody else has contacted Peter. them. Peter. Let's 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 stop stop trying to score points. Let's put that to one side. Let's let's let's. I'm slapping both of your wrists. Uh, and Peter, we we know about the problem now. Nigel says that the the, the council should take responsibility from Anglian Water for this area. I, th- I think it's a matter of dealing with the rat problem. And as, as I said, the officers when they went out there, the pest control officers, they're professionals. They know how to deal with pests because they've been dealing with it for careers. So they know where the issue is. Now the issue is in the houses that's there, and there's some rubbish at the back of them where they feel that they, they've they've got a big problem. The rubbish is being removed i think by the by the by the by the people who occupy the properties and that's where they do the, so rats don't live in, in in ditches and drains rats do live in ditches and drains but if but if rats live in a ditch and a drain you would see where they come out to do their feeding right. so you'd see runs and you would see various ways where rats go and the controllers and haven't seen that that is what the professionals say there right. isn't there there's obviously rats living in the rubbish because you can see where the runs are and you can see the evidence of where they've been so the issue is they're baiting for the rats now, which means they will get the rats, they will kill the rats, 
um, and they will they will sort the problem out here. But I think we just have to have to trust professionals in where the rats are living. And now Nigel's obviously got a bit of an issue about the maintenance of land and issues like that there. But if that is not where the rats are coming from, that issue is a side issue at present. Peter, how many um, uh, the council pest controllers are there in Milton Keynes? We have we have a number. We have one officer who's employed directly, and then we have a we have a commercial company who will we use uh, to, to. So there's to a, there's only one directly employed council pest controller. There's only one directly employed person, but there's also commercial companies that, that, that we employ, and I know Nigel would like to score a few political points about the way that service is run, but that's an efficient service. Um, well, is it, is it efficient, Peter? Because it, it would appear that the, the people living in these properties would say it, it's not that efficient because of this, this rat problem. There's one woman who's terrified the rats are going to touch her children at night. Once again, if, if, if it had been reported, when it was reported on the 22nd of March, an officer went straight out, started baiting, gave advice to people about what you need to do to reduce the incident, incidence of rats, and is constantly dealing with the problem. That is what, if you had 10 people or 20 people, they would do. So... When it was reported to us, it was dealt with. But when people know about issues, as Councillor Long did, and didn't report them, you know, there's 100,000 houses in Milton Keynes, and you can't have someone inspecting every garden every week because uh, ju- just in case there's something there, you have to rely on the community when they know about it and the representatives of them, such as Councillor Long. When he knows about issues, he has to report them. Peter, how long do you think it will take to, to clear this problem up for these I residents? Don't, I, don't, I don't know how long it will take because um, obviously dealing with these, I, I don't know how big the issue is, but the officer will be be there or their um, or their, uh, their their contractors will be there until the issue is sorted out so that will happen and there's absolutely no doubt about that one 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 pest controller for milton Keynes in a population of more than a quarter of a million yep is that enough well, as I say, it's not just one pest controller. There's a pest, one pest controller employed directly, and then there's a company that works behind them, a contracting company who works behind them to deal to to to, to come in and assist when necessary. Nigel, anything you'd like to say to Peter? Well, it's interesting because I think there are two different issues here. I mean, we had a rat problem in our garden, and we called out the professional pest control company, and they did come out very quickly. They dealt with the problem; and it was very good. But I know of another site about 200 metres from where the storm drain is, where there's an open site that's been, again, left derelict for a number of years, which we've reported to the council, where there's also another rat problem. And one of the residents there, who lives in Middlesex Drive, contacted me yesterday, having seen the story in the papers, to say he's getting rats into his garden from that site. Now, again, that site's been reported over a number of years for rats. Um, So I think there's an issue about derelict sites and open spaces that are owned by the council where there is no action and the performance of the individual contractor dealing with specific problems, which seems to be, in my experience, quite good. It's the open spaces that's the issue and we need to get to grips with that and that is a Milton Keynes issue. Peter, final word to you. Uh, we heard from Michelle Clark, who lives in Angus Drive and is, 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 is driven mad by these rats. What would you say to Michelle, Peter? Well, she, she will be already be working with, um, with, with, with the, the officers of the council to deal with it, and that's where she needs to continue to do, because they will stay around and they, they, they will continually visit until they have got this problem sorted out. And take some advice on also how to stop this issue happening again. Now, we will look at issues uh, around the area if officers say that there's issues that need to be dealt with, but Councillor Long, while he was talking, mentioned about another issue in, in another area. I hope he'll be reporting that issue today, just to make sure that officers are aware of it, so they can also go and deal with that issue, because he knows where it is. All I, all I have was a description from him there. I'll 
trust and check with Nigel, him. Nigel, can you, will you be reporting that today? Well, I don't know where it is, you see. No, I'm Nigel, I saw to Nigel. Drive. Someone in Middlesex Drive. Peter, I'm, I'm, Peter I'm, I was asking Nigel. Nigel, will you report that today I will me? report it again Excellent. today, but it's already been reported, and I've been there as officers in the last, within the last six months I've been there and looked at the site. Gentlemen, we'll end it there. Thank you very much. The last voice you heard was uh, Labour councillor for West Bletchley, Nigel Long, and the other gentleman was uh, councillor Peter Geary from Milton Keynes. Council. A little bit of sabre-rattling there. It was, it was uh, it, an interesting chat. I guess th- the, the thing is here, do you suffer from rats? Are, are they a problem for you? More interestingly, perhaps, and more pertinent, is if you've had rats, how on earth did you get rid of them? I've been very lucky. Not had rats. Had mice before, and I flipping... Oh, I got sort of shiver down my spine remembering... I remember years ago, live, uh, in a girlfriend's house, staying the night at a girlfriend's house years and years ago when everyone was flat sharing and things like that and a mouse came into her room oh it was horrible it was horrible and we bought traps and you'd hear at two o'clock in the morning the trap snapping and snapping a mouse's head off oh it's horrible rats i can't even begin to imagine if you've had rats how did you deal with them did you get someone in did you get the council in were you happy with them did you go at them yourself did you get a bloke in with a long stick? They've always got long sticks, haven't they, these pest controllers? Again, another story. I remember we had um, a, a bee's nest once uh, in our house. We phoned up the council, and the council said, well, we can send someone around in two weeks, but we can't do it before then. We've lost our bee stick. Excuse me? We've lost our bee stick. We'll be getting a new one. And, <laughs> and we were really excited to find out what this bee stick was when the gentleman turned up two weeks later with his brand-new bee stick. A bee stick? Just a long bit of wood. That's all it is. Just a long bit of wood. How did you deal with your rat problems? 08459 455 555. 745. Oh, fingers crossed, here come the travel. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still looking pretty good out there on the roads. Things are moving okay, apart from the M25, which is slow in a couple of the usual spots. We've got delays anti-clockwise from Maple Cross to the M40, junction 17 to 16, and it's taking maybe 10 minutes to get through the traffic there. It's not looking too bad, actually, so far. Uh, the A1 is slow in a couple of places. First off at the Black Cat Roundabout, the junction with the Great Barford Bypass, the A421, but then also, as you're driving down toward London, it's slow once you get to Edgware, southbound between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. The M1 now starting to look quite slow on the speed sensors as well, from junction 11 at Dunstable through to 10 at the Luton Airport Spur. On the trains, thankfully, still no problems or delays reported. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thanks very much. Right, 7.46, pretty much. Thursday, the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's thought a man was collecting wood to heat his home when he died whilst cutting a tree in a Luton Park yesterday. Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the rat problem in Bletchley, but locals say it's still not enough. And in sport, Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur Hotspur, are all in Europa League action tonight. Coming up, researchers have claimed there is a link between male baldness and heart disease. Well, how much do men worry about going bald? Well, our head and heart correspondent Justin Dealey has been out and about getting your views on this. We'll catch up with him before eight, but first of all, someone with a fine head of hair. I've seen it. Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks, weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello, a very good morning. Flattery will get you nowhere, Ian. It really won't. And it certainly won't get you better weather either. But uh, we can look forward to some better weather, I think, by the time we get to the weekend. But until then, it is going to stay really pretty cold. And we'll still actually be in the cold air at the weekend. It's just that with the northeasterly wind easing down, it's going to feel a lot more pleasant. But until then, that's going to be with us. It will be a main feature of today and tomorrow, unfortunately. And it's going to drive in some light wintry flurries, I think, today. So don't be too surprised if you see something a little bit sleet or snow-like falling out of the sky, particularly across Hertfordshire, I think, um, through the course of the morning. We'll be an improving picture, though, into the afternoon. Certainly anything that we do see that's white coming out of the sky is not going to settle, don't worry, and uh, and it won't accumulate uh, at, at all. It will just uh, it'll just be there, and then all of a sudden it will be gone. It will just make your day a little bit more unpleasant, I suspect. We've still got that brisk northeasterly wind. It's going to make it feel colder than the temperatures would suggest, and they're only going to be at around 4 or even 5 degrees. Celsius in Berkhamsted, in Harpenden and in Stevenage as well. That is 41 in Fahrenheit. So drying out, I think, into the afternoon, dry overnight, much of the same really. Temperatures dropping to around freezing, hovering just above where we keep the cloud um, closest to the London area, I suspect. Um, and then in the rural spots, then we should probably see the cloud thinning and breaking, certainly towards northern areas anyway. And then tomorrow, some brightness and some sunshine around, but we've still got that northeasterly breeze, so it's still going to feel really quite quite chilly um, but the sunshine will help the temperatures to lift up to eight or even nine degrees celsius put it past that that's 45 in fahrenheit it'll start to feel better by saturday with the wind easing that's the forecast thank you very much elizabeth weekends on bbc three counties radio every sunday morning from six helen lee the show is all about bringing people together whatever their beliefs I think decent people all share a common purpose to lead happy and fulfilled and meaningful lives. Helen Lee. I'm nosy and I get to ask people I don't know lots of questions without them thinking I'm odd. Every Sunday morning from six. Sunday mornings, always about playtime. It's true local radio and I love this place. Helen Lee. Every Sunday morning from six. On BBC Three Counties Radio. She's very, very nosy. That 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 is true. Very, very nosy woman. Uh, should Blue Badge hold be forced to pay for hospital parking. I can see, I can see the arguments for and against this. I, I, I really don't know what the right answer is. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can uh, have a little look there. We've also put the link up if you want to sign the petition uh, against the proposed changes that are being suggested. Um, Dave from Sunderland Park says, I agree disabled patients should pay as non-disabled patients, but what is irritating is the cost for everyone and the statements that although we pay to park there, they take no resp- responsibility for any loss or damage caused while in that paid parking parking space. Well, what exactly are we paying for, other than an extra tax to fund the extravagant salaries charged by doctors who will use these NHS facilities for private money spinning? Craig on Facebook says, I don't think anyone should pay to park in a hospital. They are making money from people that are unwell and need to be treated. It's a disgrace. Well, what do you think? 08459 455 555. I really can see both sides of the argument for this. Um, but also, I, I'm slightly concerned, but if you go to the Facebook page, there is a, a, a them and us mentality that I've not really spotted before. Some people actually referring to the same people as them and us. And I, well, I'm worried that this, this is kind of quite divisive. And this sort of talk... My mum's disabled, she's got MS, she lives in a care home, can't do a lot for herself, gets about in a wheelchair that she drives terribly, uh, couldn't push a manual. 
I would be very upset to think that there are people out there referring to her as one of them. It's my mum. You know, she's bonkers and she's not very well, but it's still my mum. Is she really a them? What do you think? Should blue badge holders be forced to pay in hospitals? 08459 555555. Going off on a tangent here, baldness. Do you worry about it? Researchers in Japan <laughs> say they found a link between male baldness on the crown of the head and heart disease. The British Heart Foundation described the findings in- as interesting, but said the connection wasn't as strong as with risk factors such as smoking and obesity. Well, how lovely. Very hairy, Justin Dealey has been. It's not all on his head, either. Has been out seeing if you're worried about uh, baldness. Justin, where have you been? Uh, here, good morning, we're in Lucent. Um, this study, you often hear these things, don't you? I mean, come on. Uh, a link between baldness and heart problems. Why? I think I've heard it all now. Why, why are you disputing the fact of Japanese scientists? Well, they, they probably sit there in their white coats all day, thinking yes. about something to do. Um, 37,000 people were involved in this study. Yeah. They seem to think there is a link... I am doubting. Do you that. worry about going bald? I've got a, a, yes. a, 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 a. Do you worry about it? I do. I've got a thick head of hair. If I'm anything like my dad, yes, it's graying, but it's 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 thick. If I'm anything like my dad, never going to lose it. Mm. Although they do say you kind of inherit your hair from your grandfather on your mother's side. If that's the case, I'm stuffed. Well, if that's the case for me, I'm fine because uh, both my granddads and my dad had hair. Does it? Does it? Hair. If I went bald, I'd be upset for a while. I think I'd be... I mean, I'd look silly because I'm tall and thin, but I, I, I'd be all right with it. I'd just shave it all off. I reckon you could pull it off. But but it is a concern to many people. I've been talking to men in Luton this morning. I've been getting their thoughts on this new study, which is out today, and just how concerning baldness is, and this is what they had to say. Well, John, as a man who's got no hair, are you concerned about these reports this morning? Not at all, no. Uh, when you started losing your hair, did that concern you at the time, or is it just life and you're not bothered at all? Um... I think it is just life, and I shave it, so, I mean, if I let it grow, it'll be there more than it is at the moment, um, but I've never had a huge amount. When I saw somebody last week with a cracking wig, would you ever consider getting a wig? No. <laughs> no, I move a lot quicker like this. Yeah. Aerodynamics. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. On your way, then. Thank you very much. Cheers, then. Richard, I think I can get away with this one. Uh, you haven't got much hair there. You got a hat it's on correct. this morning. When you pull it back, there wasn't much there. But when did you first start losing your hair? In my mid-thirties. And when that happened, did that upset you? Um, not really a great deal, no. no. So the report in the paper today, now that you've seen it, now you've heard about it, does that concern you in the slightest? Uh, it doesn't at all, no. no. A lot of people shave their hair and have it very short, so... No. I mean, I w- these, these scientists are saying there is a link between male baldness and the risk of, of a heart attack, heart problems. Again... You're not bothered about that? No, not at all, no. And let's have a word with Daniel. Daniel, you're 27, got your mum here this morning, lovely head of hair. How concerned are you about losing your hair, though? Uh, pretty concerned, yeah. What about friends of yours? Have they started losing their hair? Yeah, a few of my friends have started losing their hair, and it's, uh, it's affecting them quite badly. I think they're quite concerned about it, very aware of it anyway. I mean, how do you think it might affect you if you were to go thin on top? I, mean, I don't think you will, but if you were, how do you think that might affect you? I don't know. I've, uh, I've not really thought about it that much, um, but it's just one of something that does concern me. I do think about it quite a lot and uh, just kind of really hope. It's like sometimes if my hair, you know, a few hairs come out, you do think, oh, hope it don't get any worse than that. Because some men I've spoken to said they weren't bothered, but clearly it's an issue for you. Would you get a wig? Would you get a transplant? W- were those things you might think about? No, nah, I'd shave it off, shave it all off, yeah. 
weekend. Hopefully it won't happen. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you uh, joined in halfway through that report, you'll hear it again tonight on the Mark Forrest show. Uh, <laughs> you will do. Uh, good for them. Uh, Justin, you yeah. used the phrase, a crack- I saw a cracking wig yeah. the other day. <laughs> it's been a very embarrassing morning. Justin, you're going out. Can you ask men about their baldness? Excuse me, sir, you're bald. Going to have a chat? I'm from the BBC. My it's, friend, it's very well. My friend went bald at the age of 19. Really? Yeah, he went bald at 19 and uh, he shaved That's it all off. I, I, would, I would shave it all off. I'd shave it all off Breaking Bad style. Well, and, uh, I, I would certainly advise that you don't do what a man did a couple of weeks ago, that this cracking wig, well, I've never quite no. seen a colour like it, and it was moving. Every time he walks, it was moving to the left, it was moving to the right. Maybe it's one of those rats that we're talking about. <laughs> Dealey, one, su- one suggestion I've got, stop putting that bleach in your hair, mate, otherwise it will burn it all off. Oh, thanks, I'm getting it done tomorrow. Well, I wouldn't bother. Justin Dealey out and about there. Well, trichologist Brian Plunkett joins me now from Woburn. Morning, Brian. Good morning. Brian, How are you doing? I'm confused by the term trichologist. Explain it to a simpleton like me, please. It's a very simple thing. It's the study, it's the science of hair. Are you a barber? No, no, no. <laughs> no it's a little bit more complicated no. than that, is uh, it? Well, yes, I suppose it is slightly. Um, but we have something in common, I suppose, that we work with hair. Yeah. No, Brian, I was just going to ask, how much do men worry these days about going bald? It's, it's not <laughs> viewed the same as it was maybe 20 years ago, is it? No, no, far less, thank God. Um, uh, you know, your, your mother and your father are responsible for your uh, hereditary link in hair loss. Not just your mother, your right. grandfather. It's a 50-50 split. Okay. Uh, but, but, and when did it kind of change? Because I remember in the, you saw a lot of wigs in the 70s and the 80s. Very rare now, aren't they? Yeah, they are indeed, because people have grown up and they've decided that hair is important, obviously, as, as, as Justin was saying. But hang on a minute, uh, you know, there is more to life than uh, a full head of hair. Um, we don't want to lose it, but if you understand how you lose and how you can lose it, um, you, you feel much better knowing that when you shampoo your hair and you lose hair in the in the basin, that hair is being replaced. It doesn't mean uh, that the, the, the whole, uh, the, the floor's fallen out. Um, it's very important to understand how your hair grows and what you can do to keep it, you know, pretty well on your head. Brian, do any of those old wives' tales, like having a cow lick your head and and shoving a banana at your backside, do any of those... I made that last one up. Do any of those actually work? No, Ian, hang on, this is a serious... You know, I've come on to to give a serious aspect to to this. No, it's not really, no. Um, I I think that there are things that, that can help, but there are an awful lot of people out there that want to rip people off who yes. are suffering hair loss and that's the thing we're doing at the moment um there are pills and and all sorts of things that people are trying to or are buying hoping that they that can restore their hair and it doesn't Do none um, of those work caffeine shampoo that, that, does that no, work? no no no, no. does it does it annoy you when two you drugs there are t- there are two drugs that work there are only two things yeah. that actually work for male pattern hair loss and in some cases female hair loss yes uh, and that's very simple to go and see your GP or a pharmacist, and he'll give you the right stuff. Do those um, transplants work, Brian? Some of them do, yes, of course they, they do. But they're, you know, thirty, forty thousand pounds and um, I'm afraid that you have to be a pretty um, high-profile person to have that done, but uh, uh, successfully. Brian, do you have a, a fine head of hair? Yeah, I'd, yeah, considering yeah. my age, I yeah. suppose perhaps I, ha- I have, but um, I haven't got the best hair in the world, but uh, I have other things in my life, I suppose, yes. that, 
take over. And when you are a young man, yes, of course, when you're married and have a family and grandchildren, as I have, uh, it's a it's a second or tertiary thing. You don't worry it too. You don't worry about it too no. much. Right, but it is. But there are things that can be done. Um, and um, but only not cracky things. No, it's, um, it's, it's medical. Go and see your doctor if you're worried. There may be something that they can do to help. Thank you, Brian. Yes, I always thought those things were. There was that thing in the. Oh yes, if you get a cow to lick your head. Oh, obviously nonsense. But people were doing it. People would actually go and do it. Can you believe such a thing? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. JBS will pop in in about twenty minutes to tell us what's happening on his show. Before that, here's Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian, thank you. M1 heading southbound, looking quite slow from Junction 12 at Flittick to 11 at Dunstable. It's also busy still on the A1, mainly as you get in toward London round Edgware, but also a bit slow at the Black Cat roundabout in Roxton. A10 starting to slow down now. Heavy traffic building in Enfield between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road. M25 anti-clockwise is still slow moving from Junction 17 at Maple Cross round 216 at the M40. Traffic hasn't eased off at all there yet. It's looking a bit better than it was though from 19 at Watford to 18 at Chorley Wood on the cameras. And on the train still, no problems or delays on those departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Well, coming up in the next hour, more on rats and more on disabled parking. It really is dividing you more than I thought it would do on the Facebook page. Should blue badge holders pay for parking in hospitals? Here's Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. Man killed in a Luton park. Rats infiltrate people's homes in Milton Keynes. And charges against disabled people are wrong. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's thought a man was collecting wood to heat his home when he died whilst cutting a tree in a Luton park yesterday. The trunk fell onto the 73-year-old in Lee Grave Park. Bedfordshire police say his death isn't being treated as suspicious and his family have been informed. While Colette McKeveney from Age Concern in Luton says the unseasonal weather nor the financial climate have helped. I think people have been generally really struggling but some elderly people do feel the cold particularly more or they're anxious about it. They're worried about you know if, if the snow lasts to July that might sound illogical but I think a lot of people are worried about things that may never happen and so they do try to sort of you know take a little bit of care. Next, and charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That's from disability campaigner Lee Hutchings, who says public transport isn't always accessible to everyone. Blue badge holders will include those with, say, emphysema, cancer victims, so those with terminal illnesses. So it's not just people with, in a wheelchair, what most people think are blue badge holders. You can't exactly take an oxygen bottle on a bus. You can't really get on and off of buses properly these days um, with heavy equipment, wheelchairs and that. Some people are actually forced to use their own cars. Well, if plans by West Hearts NHS Trust are passed, people who have terminal illnesses may have to pay up to £4. A consultation looking into parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans actually ends today. Louise Gaffney is Director of Strategy for West Hearts Hospitals NHS Trust. She explains why they have to charge. We've only got limited resources and we've got to cover the costs that are there that um, we use to pay for those. And obviously if we don't have the funds in to cover the costs from the resources we get in from charging, then we have to find other ways of funding those services. 
Residents in Bletchley want more to be done to stop rats from getting into their homes. Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the problem on Angus Drive. Labour councillor for West Bletchley, Nigel Long, says this is a recurring problem in three properties, but says the issue isn't strictly theirs. It's an underground stream that comes out into the open, and that piece of land is owned by the housing department, but supposed to be managed by Anglian Water. And this is the hub of the problem. Anglian Water have not cleaned it up, have not spent any time there, have not spent any money there. And so instead of them getting to grips with the rats problem, the rats problem's got worse over recent years. And researchers in Japan claim to have found a link between male baldness on the crown of the head and heart disease. The British Heart Foundation describes the finding as interesting, but says the connection wasn't as strong as with risk factors such as smoking and obesity. Finally in sport, Newcastle Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur are all in Europa League action tonight. And let's have a little look at the weather then. It's quite frosty out, but becoming bright this afternoon. Occasional light wintry shower on the way as well. Can't wait. Temperatures of 6 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sports online at BBC bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio first for news This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hope you're fine and dandy. Sorry, I'm chuckling because someone sent me something very, very rude on Twitter. Very rude. Couldn't possibly read that out. Naughty, naughty people out there indeed. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock before Jonathan Vernon Smith comes in at nine, including a man died whilst cutting a tree in a Luton Park yesterday. It's thought he was collecting wood to heat his home. I'll be speaking to one of his neighbours next. Also, should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? Hertfordshire hospitals are looking at whether to charge disabled people. We'll hear from a disability consultant from Milton Keynes to find out what he thinks. And also, people living in part of Milton Keynes are angry that nothing is being done to stop rats getting into their houses. And the problem dates back five years. Well, how do you get rid of them? I'm hoping a Luton Pest Controller may be able to help. Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook is oh, very fiery today. You're being feisty on there. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 555555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's believed the death of a pensioner crushed by a falling tree in Luton yesterday was a tragic accident. The incident happened in a wooded area between Sundon Park Road and Marsh Farm at around 12.45. Bedfordshire police say the 73-year-old man, who's not been named, was trying to cut down the tree when it fell on him. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Age Concern had been worried about the gentleman before he died. Earlier on, I spoke to Colette McKeveney from Age Concern Luton. We have been absolutely devastated that this has happened. It's just so, so sad and so awful for his family and for his neighbours and next of kin. And I think for anyone involved with any elderly people, it doesn't matter that they're older. Their deaths, when they come, particularly in these type of circumstances, are shocking and leave people upset and, and worrying and, you know, have they done enough? Were you in regular contact with this? Obviously, don't give away too much, of course, but were, were no, you in regular I, contact I, with this gentleman? Not not personally. No. But, um, but but this is known to us. Um, generally speaking, people in communities um, worry about the neighbours. Mm. People in Sandon Park and in Marsh Farm particularly 
are actually very neighbourly. They're very neighbourly areas. And people do want to necessarily um, look out for people, but they don't always want to get involved. I mean, for example, at the moment, lots of concerns have been coming in about elderly people who've been going out in, in, in poor weather, you know, when it's snow up to their ears or going up ladders to clear gutters in snowy weather or or in the case of this gentleman, um, concerns have been raised about um, him going out and about uh, to collect wood. That was me speaking to Colette McKeveney from Age Concern Luton earlier on in the show. Well, James Quaino is a neighbour of the man who died. Good morning, James. Good morning. James, this is a, a terrible accident. You, you must be very upset. I'm very devastated. How did you find out about it? Um, I saw the wife come in with two police officers yesterday afternoon around lunchtime. And after the police officers left, the wife came over to tell me about a tragic incident that happened in the woods. It's understood, James, that the uh, gentleman in question was was collecting firewood. Did you ever see him doing that? He collects woods that had fallen off the tree in the in the park to heat up his home. I just want at this point to set a record straight. He doesn't go out there chopping wood. He goes to pill- he goes to pick woods that had fallen off trees mm. because the story kind of. Um, says that he was chopping down a tree that fell on him. The gentleman in question doesn't call, doesn't chop woods. He picks up wood that had fallen down. So yesterday it was a freak accident. Mm. I've seen him go down the woods, pick up a, co- a couple of twigs here and there. So it wasn't that he went out there deliberately to chop woods, but it was a freak accident that happened. Thank so you. Please, let's set the record straight. Thank you, James. Can I, just to clarify, you're saying that, that he, he didn't go out with any tools or anything like that? No, he went out with his trolley. That's what he puts the wood on. Thank you for clearing that up, James. What was he collecting the wood for? He collects the wood for his wood burner to heat up his home. Mm. So that's what he goes out to do. And you, you say you spoke... Uh, to the wife his wife yesterday yes how is she she is devastated she's distraught at this moment and Mm. the family are in shock because he left just um about just about midday Mm. and he normally takes about 40 minutes walks around he speaks to everyone on the street so he wasn't coming back and the wife was going down to check why he's kept so long in coming back home for his tea and that's when he met the police and they escorted her back home and then broke the news. What's interesting, James, is you mentioned that he would speak to people uh, in the street and that's uh, increasingly rarer and rarer these days. What is the community like in, in, in that part of Luton? In this close that we live in, everybody knows everyone. When there's an event like a wedding, everybody on the streets turns up. We are very neighbourly and we care for each other. He was like a father to me. He lives directly next door to me and he's got a spare key to my home and the wife helps me with my bin. He does my lawn, both back and front and we live just like a family. So we are very close-knit family in this area and this news is very, very devastating and it's hard to take in at the moment. Must be a real shock. James, I really appreciate you coming on the air this morning and uh, my condolences for the loss. Thank you very much. But please do set the record straight there. He wasn't out there chopping woods. Thank you very much. James, I think you've done that perfectly. Thank you very much indeed. That's James Quainer, who is a neighbour of the uh, gentleman who uh, was killed yesterday uh, by an accident in a park in Luton. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, it, uh, it's divided you on Facebook. More than I was expecting it to, to be honest. Uh, should people with blue badges pay for parking in hospitals? Uh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. It's being discussed as a possibility. Uh, Jane is in Aylesbury. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Ian. Jane, what do you think? Should blue badge holders be uh, d- charged to park in hospitals? No, they shouldn't. Why not? Um, well, let's put it this way. Um, my mum's disabled, and to get her from the car to to where she needs to go takes a good 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, because there's wheelchairs to get out of the car. Um, because because she's disabled, she has to have somebody with her. She can't do it herself. Um, um, what else to do? Stoke Mandeville. Um, this is to anybody who's listening from Aylesbury. If you're disabled, get your photo, get your cards photocopied, take them with you to prove you are the person disabled. Because there are people out there who are using other people's cards. Oh, the blue badges. There are people who do that, and, and, and that's that's very naughty. There are some people uh, who would say that you you get the, the the people with the blue badges get the benefit of parking nearer to the hospital because yes. obviously a lot of them have mobility issues. Of Not course. all, so you, you have that benefit. Why shouldn't your mum pay? Well, why should she? Well, I why, mean, she, she, why she, shouldn't she? She's worked and she's. Um, but everyone else has to pay, don't yeah. they? That's that's yeah. the thing. People people who don't yeah, have the blue, they are mobility able. They are they can walk yeah. more than fifty yards without getting yes um, exhausted but, or in pain or something. But but why should uh, I'm sorry to push you on this, James? Just just trying to clarify. Why should your your mum's uh, lack of mobility yeah. prevent her from paying to park? Because it costs a fortune. But it costs, it costs it, a fortune. If people have their cards photocopied and they can prove to the reception no. desk when they go to get the card to get out the other person, then that's fine. But it costs a fortune for everyone, doesn't it? It would cost a fortune if I went. Yeah, yeah. But um, most of the people are working. Yeah. Um, but not everybody, not everybody no, that visits a hospital no. is, is is working. Do you, do you see the point I'm trying to make? Yes, that there yes. are some people that would say, "Well, yeah, your mum's got got mobility issues, mm. but that uh, and she gets the benefit of of having maybe a slightly wider parking space and parking nearer the entrance." Yeah. But why should she be excluded from from paying the the, the fee that everyone else has to pay? Well, it, it, it's just obvious, isn't it? It's just... It's, it's, well, it's, it's not to me. And maybe I'm being not. silly. Maybe I'm being a bit stupid. It, 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 I, it, it's not obvious to me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if you can prove that you are the person disabled using that parking space and you need a free kit ticket to get out, yes. you need to have your papers photocopied. So, That's what State Mandel Hospital do. OK, but I'm going to ask you one more time, though, because maybe I'm not being clear. In, um, in, in other hospitals, apart from Stoke Mandeville, yeah. why should your mother or anybody yeah. with a blue badge, why should they get special treatment and not have to pay when able-bodied people do have to pay? Well, because they're disabled, and it's only right. I think it's only right that they should be able to pay free. Jane, thank you very much indeed. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm not sure the argument because they're disabled is uh, uh, is perhaps strong enough. I don't know. I don't know. I can see both sides of this. I really can. Both sides of this this argument um, about uh, uh, blue badge holders paying to park or not. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. <clears throat> ben says, I think everyone should pay. If you own a car, you'll be paying for tax, insurance, petrol, parking and more. Blue badge holders get to park closer. Why should it also be free? 
Karen says, my dad is registered disabled. He pays for parking at Lister. However, he has had to have lots of visits recently. So to cut down on paying, he's been taking the bus and using his free bus pass and the bus drops you near disabled bays anyway. He's retired, so no rush. Parking uh, charges are way too expensive. Uh, the, the, the argument would be, again, that some people are unable to use public transport. Anna's emailed me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. A member of my family had a blue badge because he could hardly walk. He could, however, have afforded to pay. Those who can pay should uh, have a, a red badge for those who have paid and a blue for those who don't need to pay. As long as the badge does what it's supposed to, I alleviate stress for the disabled, uh, what's the problem? Charges should not be collected at a car park which would cause distress. It's interesting, isn't it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. I'm slightly concerned that there appears to be a them and us mentality around disability on the Facebook page. Not with everyone. There have been a few people have referred to them, the disabled, them and us, the uh, the able-bodied. And that that upsets me a little bit and makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. 08459 455 555. Should blue badge holders have to pay for parking in hospitals? Right. 8.15 on the nose. Travel news. Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And it's still looking pretty slow on the M1, southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and 11 at Dunstable. Now, no, not quite as slow past Junction 10 at Luton Airport, though. At the A1, that's looking slow at the Black Cat Roundabout. Traffic's building up at the junction with the A421 there. If you're using the M25 this morning, anti-clockwise, you can expect delays from Junction 17 at Maple Cross through to 16 at the M40. It's taking maybe 10-15 minutes to get through the queues there. Not looking too bad. It's moving, but just slowly. Clockwise now starting to look busy as well. Heavy traffic from Junction 24 at Potter's Bar to 25 at Enfield. That's through the roadworks. And the A10 in toward London around Enfield. Heavy traffic between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road on that southbound side. A414 is looking a bit busy in London Coney, toward the roundabout with the 81081. Trains, though, still running without issues. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 8.16, Thursday the 4th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Age Concern says pensioners are t- taking drastic measures just to stay alive. It comes as a man died in a Luton park whilst collecting wood to heat his home yesterday. A campaigner says charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire is discrimination. And in sport, the Grand National gets underway today with the first test of the newly modified fences being put in place. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Frosty to start, although becoming a little brighter later on. Occasional light wintry showers on the way. Maximum temperature is six degrees. Coming up, charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination, according to a disability campaigner. Well, should disabled people get free parking in hospitals? We'll get more of your views before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Every weekday from 3, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. You should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. <laughs> Roberto Peroni, weekdays from 3. On BBC. Three Counties Radio. I was uh, following your tweets last night. You were just, <laughs> you were just talking about this. It said, I was in bed last night, about eight o'clock, reading my Mama Cass book. Right. And I was reading your tweets and I thought, oh, I'm jealous of Jonathan. Why were you doing <laughs> For several reasons. The main one being, oh, he's got a life. He's out. <laughs> he goes out for meals with his team. You went out with, uh, with Tim. We did. We went out for a oh, curry. Don't go out with my team. Look at them. Who'd you want to go out of that lot? Look oh, at no, them. Don't, don't be wicked. No, I mean, seriously. Look. One, one's, one's pregnant and one's a, well. I don't say, but I, you know, you go out with your team for meals and things. Well, we were only intending. I said, let's go out for an early curry. Yeah. I said, I'll treat you to an early curry. Oh, so we went to uh, to this curry house, and as we arrived, there were all these little leaflets on the table saying, "Tonight, Elvis oh, is in the building." Fantastic. So we thought, well, we'll have to stick around for Elvis. Of course, it was. was so funny. Was he a good Elvis? He was or a very was it, good. Some Elvis. Elvises are good because they're rubbish. No, he was very good. He was a fantastic showman. Yeah, who's called Elvis Schmelvis. Oh, I see. And uh, the, my favourite one was when he did Viva Las Vegas. He said during the chorus, everyone had to pick up their napkin and swing it round their head. Yes. You've never seen anything so funny. All these people, you know, eating their curry. And then the minute, Viva Las Vegas, the whole restaurant started swinging their napkins. Fantastic. I was, I mean, mind you, I had had a couple of Cobras. Uh, so <laughs> everything's even funnier then. <laughs> you did look very flushed in the picture that you tweeted of you and Elvis. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling a little ropey this morning. It was one of those impromptu midweek oh, outrageous evenings. I really fancy a curry now. Fun. Do you want to go for a curry with me one day? I'd love to. Would you? I would love to. When? Today? No. Oh, tomorrow. I couldn't do another curry. Not two in a row. That well, they that's what they do in India. Well, it may, <laughs> may well be. They do over there. But I, mean, I went on for my honeymoon. Uh, half of my honeymoon was in India. We're doing a little tour of India. Curries for breakfast. Oh, that was fantastic. The proper stuff as well. Don't get me wrong. I love a curry. Yeah. But uh, one a week. I couldn't do two in a row. Oh, dear. Oh, I could. I could. Do you not do the thing when you get a takeaway and you have a cold curry in the morning for breakfast? Oh, that is disgusting. Oh, a bit of mayonnaise on there. Oh, good grief. Wonderful. Whack it all on the plate. Oh, Beautiful. Dear. That's what. That's when it. That's when it's at its best. Is a cold curry for breakfast the next day. Ooh, no, I can't be with you there. <laughs> you won't be. When we go out for a curry, you won't be with me the next day. I can guarantee. <laughs> when that. you say that, Tim ended up sleeping in my guest suite last night. Did he? Oh, I'm going to enjoy your show this morning because he said. Um, he said I, I've had a, I've had a couple of cobras. Oh, come on, come on. James, I'm actually I'm to come. I've had a couple of cobras. I can't, I can't go on. I can't, I can't go on. I'm on your floor. That's what he said. <laughs> kind of. What's so, on your show this morning? Well, we're running with this hospital parking charge story that you've yes. been talking about this morning. Um, as we've learnt, West Hertfordshire Hospital's NHS Trust is looking to charge disabled drivers to park. And as I understand, the consultation into whether or not this would be a good and acceptable idea ends today. Yes. Well, you've been focusing on, on disabled people parking yeah. in hospitals, but of course it's not only disabled people that have to pay through the nose for parking. Uh, a couple of years ago, a relative of mine was in hospital, Barnet 
hospital. Mm. <gasps> My word. Mm. I think at the time it was uh, £3, £3.50, something like that, for an hour. Yeah. For yeah. an hour. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to visit somebody every day, oh, this relative of mine was in for about two weeks. Mm. It was costing a fortune every day. You want to pop along in the morning, pop along in the afternoon. It's costing an absolute fortune. But if the money goes back into the hospital, is it money well spent? is actually quite a good way of raising revenue. If you've got a friend or a relative who is in that hospital, uh, availing themselves of the services that hospital has, then is it quite a good way of getting a bit of extra revenue for the people who go to visit them? If you are disabled and you use the hospital quite a lot, should you have to pay a bit of extra tax towards the care that you receive? From nine this morning, I want to hear your views. Do hospital parking charges make you sick? 08459 455555. That is very clever. Who came up with that question? I did. That is brilliant. You like that one. Because hospitals and sick, you can be sick in a hospital and you are good. I know. You are good. You should apply for that job at the Daily Mail. You really should. (laughs) Is that a compliment? Jonathan Vernon-Smith will be on at 9 o'clock, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's the debate we've been having all morning and it will follow through uh, with uh, JVS later on. Should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? As you heard, West Hertfordshire Hospital NHS Trust is looking at charging disabled drivers. A consultation looking into hospital parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans ends today. Well, Douglas Campbell is an independent consultant on driving and disability from Milton Keynes. Good morning, Douglas. Good morning. Should disabled people pay to park at hospitals? Well, let's separate two issues. Yep. There was an issue about people being able to afford to park, and there was an issue about the needs of disabled people, drivers and passengers, to park where they go. Mm. And I think the one about the ability to afford is a totally separate one. In fact, it's one that Jonathan's just raised in, across the whole community, mm. that the imposition of parking charges at hospitals clearly impacts much more severely on the person living on means-tested benefits than it does on someone on a 90000 a year salary. That's not a disability issue as such, although obviously there is quite a lot of poverty amongst disabled people, but there is equally poverty amongst some single parents and so on. So I think we need to push that one to one side. The most important thing for disabled people, for blue badge holders, is parking near the entrance they need to go in and having a space wide enough to unload their wheelchair or get their stiff legs out of the car or whatever their issues may be. Those spaces need to be properly patrolled because otherwise they're abused. We know it's they're abused. I know that some hospitals, even staff, abuse them. And that costs money. However, you might say, well, that means disabled people should pay full stop. But there is a fact that disabled people take longer to do things. So, for example, if the hospital perhaps provides 20 minutes free parking, then so much for the next hour and so on, mm. a disabled person needs longer the free period should probably be an hour or two hours, and then it should be, you know, perhaps then they should pay. And in fact, there have been some test cases because hospitals, like local authorities, are public bodies, and the law is tougher on them than it is on private car parks because they have a public duty to meet the needs of disabled people much wider than the discrimination one. And several local authorities, and I think some hospital trusts, have had to concede when threatened with legal action that a blanket imposition of the same charges for disabled people is unlawful. And the way around it is, for example, if it's pay and display, saying that 
if you display a blue badge with a pad display ticket for an hour, you get, say, three hours. So what you're saying, Douglas, if, I, if I've got this right, is, is um, that, that maybe uh, people, blue badge holders, should get an hour free, because then that gives them half an hour to get in and out of the car and get to the hospital, and then half an hour to kind of yeah. get back, where it might take an able-bodied person five minutes to do exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, for example, if I send one of my able-bodied carers down to the hospital to run an errand, she can get in and out of the hospital using the car park in the 20-minute free Boom. period. Yeah. If I did that myself, I would need probably more like an hour to do that um, because of distance, because of availability of parking spaces and everything else. Um, and because it takes longer with my my wheelchair to get in and out. Well, that sounds like a fair compromise, Douglas, but we, we have had several um, uh, uh, Blue Badge users say, no, hang on a second, we should get it for free. Do you, what do you think about that attitude? Well, we don't get much for free. I mean, the only thing that a Blue Badge actually entitles you to do is to park on the street. Mm. If, you, if it's a single or a yellow double line and there's no loading ban in place, you can park for three hours. If it's plain display on the street or if it's a meter on a street, then you can park for as long as you like without paying. If it's one of these places where you park for an hour, then you can park all day. That is all a blue badge is about. Concessions in car parks and on private land are a matter for the owner of that land. Douglas, stay there a second. Uh, David is in Luton. Is it a caller? Morning, David. Good morning. David, what, what's your take on this? You, you, I, I believe you're disabled and you think you should get free parking. Absolutely right. Why? Why? Well, that, yeah, that's a good question. The reason being is that we, or when you're disabled, you can't just park where you... I mean, I would love to be able to perform as I used to be able to, but when you become disabled... And you're, you've got severe restrictions placed on well, you. Well, David, I don't know if you just heard Douglas uh, Campbell there, who's an independent consultant on driving and disability. He came up with, with what sounds like a great compromise that, um, that the blue badge holders could possibly get an hour free in the hospital parking and, and, and then pay thereafter, because that would compensate for the extra time it might take you to get in and out of your car. Well, I did hear that, yes, but there is a human, there's a human, there's a human side to this. But when you're disabled, you need every assistance that you can get. But even financial? Uh, yes, in, in every, both financial and physical help. Everywhere. It doesn't matter. David, say that. Douglas, what's your reaction to that? I, I agree in principle, but I also believe I would much rather have the hospital having sufficient revenue to police those disabled spaces so that when I get there, I know that I can park. I have an appointment at Milton Keynes General next week or the week after at midday. I know that the likelihood is I will need to get there three quarters of an hour before my appointment in order to find a parking space because the Milton Keynes General doesn't charge for disabled parking and the end result is they don't police it properly. David, if the money's being used to police... We've all seen naughty people without blue badges parking in disabled base because it's convenient. If the money was used to police that, would that be worthwhile, David? Absolutely. Absolutely right, yes. So if that were the case, and there was a a compromise that you were allowed an hour free parking before you had to pay, would would you be happy with that? Well, it would be a compromise, (laughs) but it would be... I would do it under... 
um, protest or duress. David, thank you very much indeed. David uh, in Luton. And before that, Douglas Campbell, independent consultant on driving and disability from Milton Keynes. Lots of your Facebook comments, which we will look at uh, in a bit. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. But I'd, I'd rather talk to you if you can. 08459 455 555. Should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? Right, let's get the travel news now with Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. So far, it hasn't really been a bad morning out there across the three counties. Train departure boards looking excellent. We've got nothing running more than about two minutes late anywhere right now. On the roads, slow in some of the usual spots, but it's not doing too badly either. A1 is quite slow at the Black Cat Roundabout in Roxton. You'll find the M1 busy from Flittick to Dunstable, junctions 12 to 11. The M25, clockwise, heavy traffic from Junction 24 at Potter's Bar to 25 at Enfield. That's the A10, of course, and that's through the roadwork section where you've got the narrow lanes and the 50-mile-an-hour speed restriction. Anti-clockwise is slow between Maple Cross and the M40. And as you're heading toward London around Enfield, the A10 is pretty busy with traffic building between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 8.30, time for the news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, Age Concern says pensioners are taking drastic measures just to stay alive. It comes as a man died in a Luton park yesterday whilst collecting wood to heat his home. Meanwhile, Milton Keynes Council says it's treating the rat problem in Bletchley, although they say Anglian water is mainly to blame. Locals say it's still not good enough. Charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That's from Disability Watford campaigner who says public transport isn't always accessible to everyone. And researchers in Japan claim to have found a link between male baldness on the crown of the head and heart disease. That's the latest. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So let's have a look at the results from last night and Real Madrid has taken a huge step towards the semi-finals of the Champions League after their 3-0 victory over Galatasaray. The other quarter-final first leg between Malaga and Borussia Dortmund ended goalless. Looking ahead to tonight, they're in the quarter-finals of the Europa League. Chelsea are at home to Rubin Kazan, while Newcastle go to Benfica. Spurs are at home to Basel. Spurs manager Andre Villas-Boris admits he's keen to win the competition but won't neglect their pursuit of fourth place in the Premier League. In the end, winning a trophy is tremendously important. We want to uh, focus on, on trying to win the Europa League, but we want to, we understand um, that uh, the fans and the club's expectations is for us to to try to reach the uh, Champions League qualification this year. Away from football now, and the Grand National gets underway today with the first test of the newly modified fences in the Fox Hunters Chase. Officials made the changes after the deaths of two horses in each of the last two runnings of the Grand National. Here's Jamie Steer from the British Horse Racing Authority. Unfortunately, last year there were two fatalities, but that doesn't mean that the changes made leading into last year's race weren't the appropriate changes. So I think people need to, to allow the changes an opportunity to bet in. If we look back over the years, the Grand National has actually become safer and safer and, and the rolling 10 year period up to 2010 was, was the best ten, rolling 10 year period in the history of the race. And finally, Lance Armstrong's to make a comeback, this time not as a cyclist, but as a swimmer at a Masters Championships in America this weekend. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more from me at nine. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll be honest, I flipping hate the Grand National. I hate it. Ban it. Ban the Grand National. Oh yeah, we only lost two horses last year. Yeah, in a ridiculous, indulgent horse race that that, that, serves no purpose whatsoever apart from entertaining people for ten minutes once a year. Yeah, we only lost two horses last year. It's too, too many. Two horses dying in a horse race is too, too many. Do we really, are we really that backwards that we want horses to die for our pleasure yeah we only lost two horses last year y- yeah i know i hate it i absolutely hate it I think it's an awful race anyway rant over uh, lots coming up between now and jvs at nine o'clock including the big debate this morning should disabled people pay to park at hospitals well our reporter justin dealey has been to st albans hospital to find out what patients and visitors there think and also people living in part of milton Keynes are angry that nothing is being done to stop rats getting into their houses they say the problem dates back five years how have you got rid of your rats what have you done to get rid of them well, the Labour councillors uh, in the area say rats are a recurring issue in Angus Drive. Michelle Clark hasn't been sleeping because she can hear rats scratching under her bed at night. Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been there to find out more. I'm stood opposite three properties in Angus Drive in Bletchley and everybody living in these houses is facing the same problem and that's a problem with rats. They're increasingly hearing these rats inside their homes and they believe they're coming from a, a storm drain, a kind of wasteland area that is behind the properties. And um, Let's go and speak to Michelle who lives in one of the houses. Michelle, we've come upstairs to your bedroom, which is where you sleep with your little girl at night. And this is where you've been hearing the problem of rats. Yes, um, really quite loud. So they're that loud, I couldn't go to bed for over a week. I slept downstairs because I was scared that they'd get through the floor and come on my bed. We're stood just next to your bed here. Where, where would you hear the rats? Explain it for me. Literally underneath my bed where my husband's side and it's literally right underneath and you can hear it scratching. And if you're downstairs watching telly, you can hear it over your telly. So that puts you off going to bed. At night when everyone goes to sleep, I was scared that they'd get out and touch my children. But I haven't actually seen one, but you just don't like to hear them. You don't want to live with them. Mm. And when you hear them, does it sound like there are a few? What, what does it sound like? I say two or three. And they sound huge. Because <laughs> one day I'd come back from nursery and I thought someone was in my house. It was that loud. I thought I had someone in the house. It, I worked out it was the rat. What have you been doing to try and improve the problem? Have you been getting any help? Yeah, it took me ages to get food to the Milton Keynes Council because I couldn't find a number or anything. I had to get really upset with my health visitor and the MP to help me get one of the pest controls. So when you got one pest control for the council. Um, he's been putting food in the lot, which has been helping... But in the end, I had to get my brother and my husband to pull out the floorboard to fill the hole in ourselves, what we shouldn't have had to do. And since I've done that, I haven't really heard them. Where do you think the, the rats are coming from? How do you think they're getting in? The sewers behind us, there's loads of water, grass, hasn't been touched. and It's just open land that's, that should be sorted out, really. It's dangerous. What kind of impact is it having on your life? I'm really scared of rats, so um, I've been really upset over it all. I haven't been sleeping. I'm on depression tablets now. I go to the doctors. They've put me on tablets over it all. What would you like to see change? Um, more help from the council, definitely, because only one pest control to get hold of, and I didn't know I could have him. Um, and sort out the sewage behind us. It's disgusting. 
My name's Yvonne Clark and I've lived here 39 years. The first time we noticed was about five years ago and then they were sorted out then they just come back again just recently. But as I say, I've not had any physical evidence of seeing them but my son and granddaughter heard them scratching in the loft. This problem, you say, tends to come back around every few years yeah, or something. Yeah, five years. Last time we had a, a rat fest, it was... Um, Five years ago. And how did it get sorted that time? They had a, a council chat for the council to get rid of it. I wish they'd get rid of them completely, to be honest with you. But as I say, with the ditch over there, I mean, they come in anyway, so mm. through the sewers, under the houses. There's nothing we can do about it. They come and treat them, and that's just all they can do, really. Well, Anglian Water said while they're responsible for the cover parts of this drainage system, maintenance of the open ditch and the surrounding land is the responsibility of Milton Keynes Council. David Westcott is the director of A1 Pest Control Limited, based in Luton. He owns many properties in the town, and set up the business to deal with the problem as there wasn't out, uh, enough help out there to tackle it. Morning, David. Uh, good morning. David, what, what should people do if they think they have rats in their property? Um, well, get someone in to deal with it as soon as possible. Um, I, I heard your uh, call there underneath the floor. Uh, a more serious problem would have been uh, had the uh, rats chewed through the cables of the property, could have actually set fire to the building, um, which, which does happen occasionally. Oh, really? Uh, yes, it's, you know, the, the, the vermin have to be dealt with immediately. The first question I have someone when they call it uh, about um, they've got a problem, um, whereabouts are they? Um, well, all, all your conduits and that are underneath the floors, and, and they usually gnaw away at these things, and although they often kill the rat, at the same time it causes a fire. David, what so, are the signs that you might have rats in your property? Well, maybe just, you know, if, if you hear them or you see droppings and that, you've just got to be a bit uh, vigil. Um, but it, it's just uh, it's just nature, isn't it? I mean, basically, these uh, rats, uh, they're never more than uh, apparently a metre away from a rat. Or yeah, tell me about away. it. Especially um, here at BBC Three Counties. Yes? Yeah, so uh, um, the council's ever hard strapped for cash. They haven't got the money, let's face it. Um, and um, they... Um, you know, the, the pest control is one, one end that they all cut back on. Um, in Luton, they cut back on bin collections, so you can imagine. Mm. So there's more rubbish around, which means you're going to have more rats. In this so, case, we've been we're talking about this morning, that the properties are near a storm drain. Are, are rats more attracted to areas like sewage, or is that a myth? Um, I, I think they are. Um, I, the, the, anywhere where, where they've got warmth... Um, uh, food, um, a pair of breeding rats within a year can develop into uh, a thousand by the end of the year if they're given, uh, you know, um, warmth and food. So it's, it's a question of um, that, that's the where the explosion of, uh, of, of uh, volume of rats will I've come got from. Shiver, I've, I didn't think I had a problem with rats, but I've got shivers down my spine while we're talking about this. We've had a couple of um, uh, homebrew solutions. Anne has emailed in. Uh, a man with a couple of good working terriers should do the trick. It gets rid of the young as well. Yes. C- yes. Send a couple of terriers after them. Does that work? Well, I'd imagine it would do. Um, anything to keep the population, the rat population down. Um, if, if you, if all councils um, uh, are doing less on uh, uh, pest control, hence you, you're going to have an increase in the problem. Um, so it's, it's in the hands of the private owner. Um, obviously this is a council house if it's your own private house you you pay for it Scott Um, has uh, tweeted me I shot a rat once with an air rifle I was egged on to do it it made me quite upset I love it now though 
I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that may, may be a fairly cruel way of, uh, if you don't uh, kill them outright, but, uh, um, uh, rats and mice are quite clever creatures, um, and you have to know what you're doing to, to make sure that you uh, get rid of them. Um, and, um, um, you know, and a lot of the, the, the poisons and uh, things that's on the market are, yep. are not that effective these days, to be honest. So better to get a professional in, David, like you, yourself. Thank you very much. David Westcott, the director of A1 Pest Control Limited, based in Luton. What are your rat remedies? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't know why. I don't know why that tweet... About, I shot a rat once with an air rifle. I, this is horrific. I was egged on to do it. It made me quite upset. I love it now, though. I don't know what that means. And I don't know why I'm laughing. And I played that jingle so we could move on to something a little bit more serious without me giggling like a 15-year-old schoolgirl. So I apologise. Now... Uh, we're talking about uh, blue badge holders and should they have to pay to park in hospitals. West Hertfordshire Hospitals NHS Trust is looking at charging disabled drivers. A consultation looking into hospital parking in Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans ends today. Well, what do you think? Should blue badge holders have to pay to park in hospitals? Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Dave, what, what do you think? Well... If I've got it wrong, I do apologise, but a few years ago, yes. if you were disabled, elderly, and you had a hospital appointment, you went to, rung up the hospital or went to your doctor and they'll arrange an ambulance to pick you up, one of these special adapted ambulances. Oh, yes, yes. So, so not the sort of flashing Nino Ninos, but one of those... Uh, no, no, no. It's yes, one where way. they've got adapted where you can put the wheelchair yep. into the back and everything else. And they'll take you to the hospital, drop you off, and then when your appointment's finished, they will pick you up and take you back home. So why do they need a car to take them to the do hospital? Do you know, I, I, my, I, I'd forgotten that my mum got to the hospital a few times like that. It wasn't ideal. There was a lot of waiting around, and she was a little bit confused, so I was always a bit worried. She did it a couple of times. Yes, an ambulance would, would, would pick her up, drop her off. Very nice gentleman would drop her off, and then pick her up uh, and bring her home. I don't know if that service is still running. Well, this is what I've said. But, and also, if you're disabled and you've got blue badges yep. and you're ta- you go to the hospital in your car and pay those things, if you after your appointment, if you go to social services in that hospital, you can reclaim your expenses to that hospital, uh, petrol, and R- even your parking. Really? I don't know. If, I don't think you well, can, Dave. Where have you heard that? Well, no, I used to do it because I'm disabled and I used to go to Lister Hospital, uh, Bedford Hospital, Oh, and you, you could go to social services in yes. the hospital, and you can re- you could get a refund of your travelling, your petrol, and how, your parking. How long ago was that, Dave? Because I would suspect two that years ago. Two years really? ago, really. Yeah. Go, now, well, if, that, if they're in, if they're still going, yeah. then what are the, the aren't these people getting to know that they can claim back this thing? And if they're on mobility yeah. and they're getting this disability benefit. They can even claim against uh, to the department to get that money back again. Dave, listen, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's still the case. I know that this week, starting this week, there have been lots of uh, changes to various benefits. I'm not sure. C- can anyone back that up, what David Luton is saying? That at some hospitals, if you are a blue badge holder, you can go to their social services department and claim back your parking and your travel... 
I'd be very surprised, Dave. I'm not, not in any way accusing you of being a liar. For goodness sake, I would never do that to you, David. But uh, I, I would be surprised if that still applied. 08459 455 555. Ben says, I think everyone should pay. This is on Facebook. If you own a car, you'll be paying for tax, insurance, petrol, parking and more. Blue badge holders get to park closer. Why should it also be free? Karen says, my dad is registered disabled. He pays for parking at Lister. However, he had to have loads of visits recently, so to cut down on paying, he's taken to using the bus and using his free bus pass. Well, 08459 455 555. Should blue badge holders get free parking in hospitals? There's a gentleman on Facebook who um, claims I'm, I'm, I'm feigning, I'm feigning um, upset at the, the use of the phrase them and us. I'm not, to be honest. Was it Stephen? It was uh, Stephen Boothby. Stop saying them and they upset you. You know that no one means it in a nasty way. Whoops. Should I have said you? Stephen, stop being an idiot, to be honest. It, it's phrases like this from Fee that have upset me. They always moan they're not treated the same as non-disabled people. So treat them the same as everyone else. And Glenn, of course they should have to pay. 90% of blue badge holders I see look able-bodied as they walk smugly from their car while I still drive around looking for a space. Yeah, I'll be honest, Stephen, language like that, it does concern me a little bit. It does. 08459 455 555. Right, 8.46. Travel News now, Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now the speed sensors are showing it particularly slow on the M1 at the minute southbound from Junction 12 at Flittick to 11 at Dunstable. I'm looking at the sensors and I'm looking at the cameras around there as well and particularly literally just as you get past Junction 12 that seems to be where the slowest of the traffic is. Uh, around St Albans we're not doing too badly though it's a little busy near to London Coney on the A414. That is crawling approaching the roundabout with the London Road, the A1081. M25 anti-clockwise, still rather heavy at Junction 24 Potter's Bar, that's through the roadworks section. And the A10 in Enfield is slow from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road as you head in toward London. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thanks very much. Right, 8.47 or thereabouts. It's Thursday the 4th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's thought a man was collecting wood to heat his home when a falling tree killed him in a Luton Park yesterday. Milton Keynes Council says Anglian Water are to blame for the rat problem in Bletchley. But the water company says maintenance of the surrounding land isn't their responsibility. In sport, the Grand National gets underway today with the first test of the newly modified fences being put in place. Coming up, charging blue badge holders to park at hospitals in Hertfordshire amounts to discrimination. That's according to a disability campaigner. Should disabled people get free parking in hospitals? 08459 455 555. We'll discuss this more after the latest weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning to you. Don't be too surprised to see one or two light wintry flurries through this morning. It should be an improving picture by later on this afternoon, but cold and cloudy with a brisk northeasterly wind and temperatures only up to between 3 and 5 degrees Celsius in Luton in Stevenage and in Ellsbury too. That's uh, just 41 in Fahrenheit, very little in the way of brightness. And of course, we've still got that bitter northeasterly wind, making it feel as if it's below freezing for most of the day. Um, but it should be dry this evening and overnight. A few breaks in the cloud 
temperatures hovering around freezing all the time, just dipping below, I think, in the rural spots. Tomorrow, bright with some sunshine. That's the good news. The bad news is I'm afraid it's still going to be very windy and it will be that bitter northeasterly still, but that will drop out on Saturday, helping it feel a little bit more spring-like. So with a nice little bit of sunshine, look at a daffodil and you can believe that we are at last in April, I think, by the time we get to the weekend. A quiet, decent weekend, really, compared to what we have been seeing recently and the temperatures will become a bit milder into next week. That's the forecast. Thanks, Elizabeth. Boom. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it to, back to the, the garage. The mechanics says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I do love the consumer hour. I love the whole show, but the consumer hour is, is kind of when I'm, I'm, I'm leaving and I get to listen to it on my, my drive home. And there was a cracking, uh, very upset gentleman yesterday who'd, um, well, it sounded like a very traumatic holiday in Egypt. Very traumatic. His, his complaints? No cold beer, no ice, and an avocado bathroom. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Should blue badge holders have to pay to park at hospitals? Well, West Hertfordshire Hospitals NHS Trust is looking at charging disabled drivers. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been looking into this morning, uh, the story this morning, Justin. Ian, so much reaction this morning lot, on this yes. story. I mean, it's pricey full stop. If you're to go to, to Hemel, Watford or St Albans Hospital, up to three hours, four pounds, up to five hours, six pounds and all day £12. Now, there are concession permits in place. For example, long-term users, if you go twice a week for a period in excess of four weeks, that will cost you still £24 a month. So we're talking here about a lot of money, but the question this morning is, should blue badge holders be forced to pay for parking? I've been talking to people at St Albans Hospital, and this is what they had to say. Well, Ingrid, you do have a blue badge. You parked here at the hospital in St Albans. How would you feel if you had to pay for that like everybody else here? I think it would be very disappointing uh, going by the number of times that we have to go to the hospital. And £4 is a lot of money. We're not usually there for four hours. So I think it's that they're overcharging in that respect as well. But yes, it, having been registered disabled since the mid-80s, um, I, think, I find it quite a shock that they're even considering it. I mean, you're saying it's a shock. Some of our listeners would say, well, why shouldn't you pay, like everybody else over that side of the car park? Uh, why shouldn't you pay? I think the point you should be asking is, why are they imposing it? Hospitals have never done that before. But why just... shouldn't you pay, though? Because we need to go quite often. Well, Marilyn, you've just parked up here at St Albans Hospital. It's going to cost you £4. Do you think disabled people should also be paying £4? Possibly a reduced fee, but paying something. No, I think they should be able to park free. They have enough to cope with in life with the disability, so let's do all we can to help them. What about yourself, though? Don't you have enough to cope with? You're here today. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can walk. I'm mobile. So while I am, that's good. I'm happy for others to be helped who need the help. Elaine, you're about to go to that ticket machine. It's going to cost you £4. First of all, is that too expensive for you? 
Yes, it is, especially as it's so far out from the town centre. It's nowhere near any businesses or anything like that, so it shouldn't be as much as that anyway. Okay, so you've got to pay £4. Should disabled people also be paying £4? Definitely not, no, it's not not necessary. Well, disabled people, they have to park close to the facilities. Mm. If they're disabled, they're more likely to need the hospital facilities anyway, so why do they have to pay to use the hospital facilities? They can still have the bays there very near to the hospital, they'd just be paying for them, but you think that's wrong? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to, like I say, they're going to need those facilities a lot more often than regular people generally, so they shouldn't have to pay. Well, Janet, you're here by the ticket machine. First of all, you're not happy about the prices, are you? I'm not. I'm here for a half an hour appointment. I know it's going to be half an hour because it's physiotherapy, and that's just cost me £4. What about disabled people? Should they be paying here as well, just like you? No, I think it's unfair. I mean, some disabled people probably earn are earning money um, and can afford to pay but no it's not right they shouldn't be it, it, it's, it's outrageous four pounds it does worry me justin some of the language on the facebook page uh, yeah. it, 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 it does worry me it's it's descending into a, a them and us kind of uh, situation where a lot of people on the facebook page saying well they should pay because they yeah. should want to be treated the same as everyone else so Stephen, the gentleman called Stephen, is seems surprised that i feel that way and his, his response to my challenge was meow touchy touchy <laughs> uh, so he's obviously not capable of having a grown-up argument. But uh, uh, did, did you find that kind of attitude just in a them-and-us attitude when you were talking to people? Kind of. I mean, I spoke to one lady there who said that disabled people should be paying something. But I think, you know, you've heard there from the majority of people I spoke to yesterday, they're all in agreement that disabled people shouldn't be forced to pay. Mm. Uh, they feel that's wrong. I think the bigger issue, to be quite honest with you, is the price. I mean, take yep. this consultation out of the way that ends today of course a decision will be heard in the foreseeable future but up to three hours four pounds you heard that lady there in that piece saying well my appointment is going to last what 30 minutes hour absolute tops i don't need to be here for three hours so i think the bigger issue is why can't they do that per 30 minutes even per hour i think that will make people feel a lot happier i'll tell you what the bigger issue is justin you promised to bring me an egg roll and a coffee (laughs) two hours ago you haven't done it that's that's the bigger issue dealing justin excellent stuff as always thank you very much uh, indeed lots of calls to rattle through so let's let's try and squeeze as many as we can in before jvs at nine madeline is from sandy good morning madeline hello there Ian. Yeah, hello. Well, hello what do you what do you think should blue badge holders have to pay hospital parking uh, well it, it's it's a bit of a, a complicated thing isn't it really but actually i would just like to ask what how is it going to help them if they don't apart from financially i mean we all already help them by getting them closer to the hospital, we help them by have by them having extra wide parking spaces. So, apart from saving them some money in their pocket, how is it going to help them if they don't? Well, one argument there, there, there are a couple of arguments. One is that that some uh, blue badge holders uh, are, are possibly living on benefits. That's, that's a yes. percentage. The other argument that someone put forward uh, excellently earlier, I thought, was that it can take people with mobility issues a lot longer yeah. to do the simple things such as whereas you can probably get out of a car and it takes you two minutes and you walk into the hospital someone might have to get out get a wheelchair out it could take them 20 25 minutes to get out of the car well that's fair comment but then shouldn't those people and also somebody has just said about the fact that certain disabled people have to go to the hospital more frequently so shouldn't those people the people the one that the type that you've just said and the people that have to visit on a regular basis shouldn't they be sent vouchers to be used 
um, um, to uh, to help them with the cost. No, it, it's an idea, Madeline. I'm, I'm moving on just because I want to get some more voices on. Madeline from Sandy, thank you very much. Ted is from Westening. Good morning, Ted. Ted, what, what do you take? What's your take on this? Well, I think that they should they should not pray because because uh, they have to attend the hospital pretty regular, and if they pay, I mean, it's going to cost them a fortune. But there Whereas are s- the pe- people that do pay yeah. now. Yes. They probably only visit the hospital once a year, once every two years. There are some, there, there are some people that, that, without blue badges, that visit hospital quite a lot. Well, yes, probably is. They're younger, obviously, yes. Well, they're not necessarily younger, Ted. I just, I, th- th- having a blue badge doesn't necessarily mean you'll be going to the hospital more, and not having a blue badge doesn't mean you're necessarily going less. So what about the people that, that have to go quite a lot but don't have a blue badge? Should they pay? Well, ooh, ooh. there's so many different facets yeah, no, no, in this, no, no. aren't there, Ted? It's, it's, it is a complicated issue. It is a complicated, no doubt about that at all. Yeah. But I don't think we, we should pay because ooh, blimey, most of us are getting on years who got blue badges anyway. Oh, tell me about it. I'm, I'm, f- I'm 93, so I'm in a, it's a bit awkward walking up there. You know what I mean? Ted, I'm, Ted, I'm t- listen, a, a quick word of advice. I'm 40 this year. Oh, you're <laughs> half, half as young, yeah. Yeah. Does, does, it, does it get any better than this, or have I peaked? You're, you're, you're okay at 40, but yeah. I, was, I was in the army for seven years. Oh, blimey. You've, you've, you've oh. lived a life. I've done nothing. Well, Ted, then. listen, it's lovely to talk to you, Ted. Take care very quickly. Sheila in Royston, we've got 30 seconds. Sheila, what, what, what do you think? Yes, I wouldn't ha- mind paying. But I, my husband is disabled. And I wouldn't mind paying, but I think that possibly we should pay for the first two hours and then get free afterwards, because a lot of disabled people are at the hospitals a lot longer. Mm. But I do think that they need to do a barrier so that nobody else parks in the disabled parking bays, because we do need it very close to the hospital. Even if we just had a flash the blue card over the system. Sheila, thank you very much. I think you got your point in. Uh, it, it does annoy me, the, the people parking in the blue, in the disabled bays that don't have the blue badge. There's a brilliant episode of Seinfeld, isn't there, where, where one of them parks in a, in a disabled bay and he comes back and there's an angry mob with flaming torches around the car. Uh, excellent calls. Thank you very much, Sheila. Thank you, Ted. All right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. It hasn't been too bad a morning on the roads. It's still a little slow in some places, though. The M1 in particular, southbound from Junction 12 at Flittick through to the A505 at Dunstable at Junction 11. The A1 looking slow in Roxton, approaching the Black Cat roundabout, mainly on the southbound side. Once you get beyond there, it moves a bit more freely. M25 seems to have eased right off, even through the roadworks now on the cameras. It seems to be moving much better than it was. A little bit of a delay on the A10 if you're using that as your route in toward London. Through Enfield, that slow southbound between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road. Trains still running without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Well, there we go. That's your lot from me this morning. Back tomorrow at nine. At six. (laughs) Whoa, steady. Back tomorrow at six. Country and Western Band coming in tomorrow. Very excited. Stay tuned. JBS is up next asking, do hospital parking charges make you sick? Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's a stupid piece of legislation. I can understand the shortages